Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome, welcome to She's All Over the Place podcast. I am so excited that you're here. We have a special, amazing episode for you today with Monica Louie. And she is focused on Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and she is a strategist. And we're going to dive in with her today. And we also have a special guest on. His name is B. And he's going to kind of be the third wheel. And he has dabbled in this arena. I'm like a two, I'm like a newbie with untrained territories over here. So we're going to, we got someone who's like completely, you know, blank canvas. And then we got someone who actually has spent some money on Facebook ads. So, and then we have Monica Louie, who's been working in the space. And I met her on the podcast movement conference not too long ago. And she was a speaker. And seriously, she was talking about pixels. And like, I had no idea what a pixel was. And like, so we were a bunch of us on the podcast movement where we're like, pixel queen, she's my new BFF pixel queen she was just like pixel this pixel this and she's like so gorgeous and beautiful and she had like all this like purple lilac stuff going on which is the vibe that I have going on right now too if anyone's on the video right now on YouTube on the sophisticated psychos page but basically thank you so much for all my new subscribers seriously within a week we have 450 new subscribers which is amazing and we appreciate you and I'm here to inspire you I'm here to give you some passion. I'm here to get those wheels moving and turning and get you inspired, inspired with the journey and with whatever, whatever you have going on in your world and in your life. So we appreciate you being here. And with no further ado, Monica Louie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Very cool. So where in the world are you right now? So I'm in Dallas, Texas. And we actually just moved here in June from the Pacific Northwest. So my husband and I both grew up in Oregon and then we were living right outside Portland, Oregon in Washington, technically, um, and made the move to Texas. So very different. It is, I can't like, I can't believe it's blue sky in December, but we're loving it. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. I've only, you know, from Los Angeles working in the movies and in TV, I went to Shreveport, Louisiana because of the tax incentives all the time. So I just flew through Dallas, but I've never actually spent time there. And then B, you're in Los Angeles. And thank you so much for joining us right now. What's up? What's up? Hello. Hello. Yep. Over here in uh, sunny Los Angeles. Loving it. Yeah. Cool. So Monica, where were you educated? Yeah. So I grew up in Oregon and I went to the University of Oregon, majored in business administration with a concentration in finance. And I left school wanting to be a financial advisor and help people with money. Somebody told me that if I work with money, I'll make good money. And I thought that sounded good for for me. And so I, I pursued that path and had a corporate career in financial services before I left to stay at home with my little kids. And I left really with the goal of wanting to build a business from home, but I really had no idea what that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to really take my corporate career and just make a business out of it. Yeah. I wanted to try something that I'd be more excited about and I could get creative with. And later on down the road, I discovered that my thing was Facebook ads. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Through, I'm um, in the Screen Actors Guild and through the union, there's um, the, through the SAG Foundation, they have um, nuts and bolts and it's a, it's a workshop that 
that you can take. And, and the woman who led the class, she's like, you know, the people are so scared about money and they put it into a file in a closet. But actually, the more you spend on talking about money and talking about your budget and the more you surround yourself with your finances, you know where you stand, then you can know where you're going, right? But if you don't Absolutely. know where you're going and where you're standing, then you don't know where you're going. So just kind of like grabbing the bull by the horn and just focusing on the finance is, you know, a manifestation way to collectively like keep making money breeds money. Finance breeds finance. I love that. I love that. Super cool. So, I mean, that's one of the things I want to do too. Like I want to, you know, have more ROI, you know, return on investment for the people who don't know what ROI is, because I just learned that recently myself, probably in the last, I don't know, year or two. (laughs) one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because it's like the thing is Facebook is its own beast and as you know and as I know you know for being in the space for a few years the algorithm changes all the time and it's not emotional it's a, it's metadata it's, it's it's a data it's an algorithm it changes you know I, I talk to different people at Vid Summit and who go into Facebook and they have meetings and they're like yeah like these are the new rules with Facebook they're going for you know more family oriented longer form content they're in competition with YouTube. So it's not good to be posting videos from YouTube because then it's like you're a bad user and they put you to the bottom of the algorithm and then it takes like 30 days to build yourself back up. And there's all these rules and things changing. So, I mean, jumping kind of right in, like what is a pixel. I love it. Okay. So a pixel, the reason why I was preaching the pixel so much, and I love, I love the term pixel queen. Thank you for that. Um, so, um, so the pixel is really, it's, it sounds very tacky and I promise you I'm not tacky. Um, even though I love Facebook ads. So a pixel is a piece of code that Facebook gives you. It's unique to your ad account. So if you're going to run Facebook ads, you need to create an ad account. And basically you copy and paste it. You put it in the back end of your website in the header section of your website. It's as simple as copy and pasting it. And then that allows your website to communicate with Facebook. So then Facebook can start to track who's visiting your website. And that allows us to do a few different things. Um, the first thing it allows us to do is to get back in front of those people. We've all, you know, visited the, the shopping sites or any site. And then we, you know, been hit with an ad later, whether it's, you know, on Amazon or Facebook or somewhere else, we're hit with an ad for that thing that we were just looking at. Well, we're talking about sometimes I yes. talk about something and then an ad pops up. I didn't click on anything about DJ equipment, but now all of a sudden it's showing me different, the DJ equipment that I was just talking about. I have had the same experience and Facebook swears that they're not listening, but I don't know (laughs) because I've had that same experience. But what the Facebook pixel, when you are visiting a website and you're showing an interest to it, then that allows people who are, you know, the advertisers to get back in front of you with a Facebook or Instagram ad using that pixel. So that's one way that we can use the pixel. The other way that's really the most important, I think, is is that as you're running your campaigns, as the advertiser, then Facebook will see who is interacting with your ad, who's clicking over to your website, who's opting in for your freebie, who's purchasing your, your offer, and they will start to optimize your campaign so that it begins to show the ads to more people who are more likely to take that action. So for better or for worse, Facebook knows you know almost everything about us. And so it knows our, our how we interact with ads, our engagement level, what we're most likely to do. And so as you push go on 
on your ad and start to give it some data, then Facebook will say, okay, these people are more likely to actually click through, actually click through and opt in, whatever the goal is of that campaign. Okay. Now I have a question. So like when you get this pixel, do you have to change the pixel every campaign or once you get a pixel, no. that's it. It's like a one-time thing. It's a one-time thing. So here's the thing. You want to put it in the back end of your main website, but then if you have like other landing page builders or maybe like a course website, other places where you're hanging out on the internet with your stuff, you want to put the pixel on the back end of those places. So I use lead pages for my landing pages. And so every single lead page that I create, I need to make sure that my pixel code is getting installed in there so that I can pick those people up who are visiting those landing pages that are outside of my main website. But once you install it on your main website, it's good to go on all pages that are in that domain. But I think you already said it, but for pe- it flew right over my head and for the people listening and it flew over their head, like how do I go and obtain this pixel? Like where would I log into to go get my unique pixel code? Yes. So everybody, every advertiser should be creating a free business manager account. So you go to business.facebook.com to create your account. And then in there, you go to the events manager screen is what they're calling it these days. And that's where you can create your pixel. If you haven't created it, it's very easy. You click a button and then they'll create your pixel. And then you grab your pixel code and you put it in the back end of your website. And they're making it even easier. They have different integrations now. They're trying to make it much easier to install your pixel. The main way that I install a pixel is copy paste, but there are some tools that can help you do that and make it easier too. And then like for someone who you just, you just said specifically what to do and you could probably Google step-by-step of like how to do it. But for the people who like just are kind of like all over the place who maybe have ADHD or they're not savvy on the computer and stuff. Do you offer a service where you, you can help people do this? Or is there somewhere where, I mean, what is it like a 30 minute thing to go and do this? It takes about an hour where you can have like a consultant do this for you. Say, Hey, just someone, if you know how to do this, just like hook up my pixel for me. Like if people want it done, but just want to pay to have it done because they don't it just, it overwhelms them like me that I don't, I don't, I don't want to do something like that. That's overwhelming. It's probably super easy, but like I have so much going on. It's, it's right. foreign to those kind of things. We don't typically offer that as a one-off service, but if you need help with doing that, then I'm happy to help. Um, you can reach out to success at monicalouie.com. Send me an email if you are wanting to, you know, to have that service. But I do have a blog post with some videos in there where it kind of walks you through the back end of pulling, of pulling the pixel code and installing it on your website. So I'll give you that um, URL and you can put it in the description if you want after, if that's cool. Yeah, that's totally, totally cool. And I would just like to say to the listeners and the viewers right now, like we're just getting started, but I think that was a lot of value and insight right there. Like if you get nothing else from this podcast and you just turn it off right now and they're like, yo, I know what a pixel is and like all this information. And then definitely go to monicalouie.com. And then you also have like a free starter kit that people can download. So can you share that starter kit? And I'll have it in the show notes for everyone listening. Hello. But right now just um, what's the starter kit so everyone can um, download it? Yeah. So the free Facebook ad starter kit. Um, it's my free guide, essentially walking people through the six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus, so you have, you know what steps you need to take. Plus I have a glossary. So if you are new to Facebook ads, some of these words are just a little bit, you know, like I'm not quite sure what that is. I think I know what it is. I've got a glossary of like the key terms. And then I have a checklist because I like to be very organized when I'm planning my campaigns, planning my ads. I'd be very organized when I go into the ads manager. So I've got a checklist there. So it makes it very simple. So you know exactly what you need to think through before you dive into the ads manager to create your campaign. So they can find that at monicalouie.com slash Katie. Okay, cool, cool. And we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Um, And then you mentioned being very organized. So which platforms do you use to be very organized? Because like your assistant reached out to me and I am on your newsletter. So I receive your email. 
emails and they're very clean and thorough, but they're fun too, but they're not oversaturated. Like some emails I get, it's just like, it's too much. And it's like, there's so much stuff and people don't have time. So yours give a lot of like impact and it's very detailed, but it's very simplified. So that's, that's great organization, but yeah, which platforms are you using to help yourself stay organized? Sure. Thank you for that. So my main project management tool of choice is Asana and we just still use the free version. I have multiple team members all over the United States and we still use the free version of Asana and that's worked well for us. So that is where we kind of put everything that needs to be done and tasks assigned, due dates assigned, subtasks, uh, different steps of the process need to be done. And that's where we keep everything organized. Regarding my newsletter, so our process is my um, my team member will draft up the newsletter. We'll kind of talk about what we want to talk about, what resources we want to share that week, our latest podcast episode that's coming out. We'll plug that in there. And then we just like to ha- make it that it's a fun but helpful resource. So I'm glad that you're liking it. And so we share you know, a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on with my family or my life or travels or, you know, when I'm traveling or anything like that. And then we like to share some resources, whether that's books I'm reading, podcast episodes that I've listened to, my latest podcast or any other tools that we're, that we're using. So we use ConvertKit to send that out. ConvertKit. Interesting. Is that just, yeah. okay. Inter- is that ConvertKit.com? ConvertKit.com. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I've heard of Asana, but I haven't heard of the ConvertKit. I and mean, then wait, so you use Asana for your mailing list as well? Cause I have MailChimp right now, but. No, that's what I use ConvertKit for. So oh, yeah, I, so it's like it's like Mailchimp. It's an email service provider. Okay, and sidebar, your hair is just amazing, like oh, gorgeous you. hair, naturally gorgeous, gorgeous hair. So what is your background? So I am half Hispanic. My father is Mexican American. Um, my mom is white Caucasian. Her mom uh, heritage is German, Pennsylvania Dutch. Little mixture, you know, Got on it. that side. So half and half. Cool, beautiful, intelligent, smart. Has a family, you're interested in finance and you love helping other people. So let's, let's help some more people here. Ben, you want to chime in with like a question or two and Monica, you know, let's hear, let's hear what's going on. So I, I have, I have some, sure. you know, questions I have here, but Ben, do you want to jump in with a question or two first? Sure. Yeah. I was just wondering, so do you create the ads for your customers or how, what is the ad creation process when they're working with you? Do you have some advice on what you like to do for ad creation? Do you like to make videos? Do you like to use images as the media. What do you find is converting the best? Love it. Let's start okay. one, at, one at a time, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a team. I, as I said, I have a virtual team and so I've got my agency. So we do work with clients and manage their ads for them. We like to take off as much as we can off their plate as we possibly can. So we'll you know work with them on the strategy and what the goals are with the Facebook ads. And then some of our clients have um, graphic designers that we'll work with. We also have a really great graphic designer on our team. We've got a really great copywriter on our team. So we'll brainstorm this strategy. And then we have meetings with our clients to keep them up to date. We produce reports to keep them up to date with all the numbers and all of that. But yeah, we we really love that. And I've got a great team who's really, really creative with that respect. And it's, it's just a lot of fun for us to put our heads together to talk strategy, but then also the creative side of Facebook ads, which is really like, what I really love is that I get to use the analytical side of my brain, but also the creative part. So, so that's the agency. We call ourselves Team Flourish. So my podcast is Flourish to Seven Figures. My course is Flourish with Facebook ads and I'm Flourish with Monica on Instagram. So we like to, we like to help businesses flourish. And then as far as planning your ad and what we're seeing that's working really well is we typically it's fastest for us to get started with an image ad. Um, and then we'll also work with our clients to create videos, video ads. We've also been doing a lot of GIF ads now where we'll 
create a GIF. We'll take, you know, a static image. Maybe it's an image that our graphic designer has created, but then we'll just add a little bit of movement to it. And you can do that very easily in Canva. So we use Canva for most of our graphic design Mm -hmm. um, or we'll work with our clients and their graphic designers to create the GIFs. But just having that little bit of movement can really help to grab attention. So the goal of the ad is it really has two jobs. It needs to first grab attention because Facebook, Instagram, no matter which platform you're on, it's very busy place. So you need to stand out, grab attention, draw people in. But then with through the copy typically is how you'll entice people to take action. So the the creative part, the graphic, the visual part is the first thing that will really help to draw people in. Now there's three different areas when you're um, creating a, a successful campaign. So yeah. in the text part, like um, it, it's less words is better, right? It's better to have a, like, I think in the podcast movement, you were mentioning something that would grab someone's attention was like Times Square with all the colors because it's fast moving. So something like that would be a good example. What are some, what's an example or two that have um, been a success for you and your team with, let's say an image first and then a video where you've seen uh, a good ROI return on investment? Sure. So one of the, one of the ads we did was for one of our clients who was doing an affiliate promotion um, for another one of our clients actually. Um, And so they, um, they're both very well known in their space and they were together. They took a really fun photo, just like the camera, you know, just like a selfie type of photo. So it was really, you know, quick photo. We put a little bit of text on there um, with some bright colors that matched the, um, the branding then said um, what the offer was. So it was a free workshop, a free webinar. And then in the ad copy, we spoke directly to the, uh, who the webinar was for, who was going to be right for that free training that they were putting on. Um, And then we shared the benefits of the training, what they were going to learn. And so we were speaking to the right people. And because they're very well known in their space, that image of the two of them together, you know, Mm -hmm. making cute face, um, that really grabbed attention. So that's for like the static image ad. Because they're already Uh, known. Yes. Because they were already known, but maybe it wouldn't work with someone who's not known unless you're like looking like you or me bossing. (laughs) No, actually I have another client. Um, We've got, we've got an ad running that's working really well. It's um, so her business is helping moms start and grow their online businesses. And so because her audience, her target audience is moms, we've got this really cute picture of her and her kids who are like making a cute face to the camera. So that, you know, the cute face thing is helps to stand out and grab attention, but it's also speaking to the right avatar because as a mom, you can relate because here she is hanging out with her kids and her audience is mom entrepreneurs. So okay, that's another, yeah. Have you done, a cool question. Have you done anything yeah. where you're like, so the things you mentioned are kind of like coaching that you're selling. Have you ever done anything with that, like with a product? Um, with like a physical yeah. product, like e-commerce yeah. products? Um, we have done a little bit in that. Um, our specialty is really digital products, software, online courses, but we have done a little bit with like e-commerce products um, and really just driving leads to those products. Oh, cool. Could you address yeah. like one of those, for instance, I'd be interested in hearing about that. Yeah, so we did a strategy where we were driving people to a blog post with a, well, we did a couple things. We had a video in the ad where it kind of showed the products and the benefits of using the products and why those products were different. And so we used that to kind of build brand awareness around the product so that we could build up those audiences of the video viewers. But then we also, we always have like to have a link where we're pointing people, you know, if they're they're ready to take the next step, then let's give them the link to help them do that. So that was one strategy we did. Another strategy is where we drove traffic to a blog post, kind of breaking 
breaking down the process and using the products and why the products are so great as well. So it kind of was saying the same thing, but just in two different formats. Do you find that you get a better response by directing people outside of Facebook or do you find, or have you played with lead forms at all and how they, how do those compare for, uh, I guess, click uh, return on investment? Yeah, we haven't done a lot with lead forms ads. I've heard d- like mixed things. And what I see from the people um, who are spending lots and lots of money on Facebook ads, I've never come across a lead form in my own feed. And so I think there's probably a reason for that. They're always sending me to their own landing page and it could just be that maybe it takes time to to put the lead form together and they've already are creating the landing page for other purposes. So might as well just use that, that URL. But what I've heard about lead form ads is that the because it's easier for the user to opt in, you might get more leads at a lower cost, but they might be less quality leads. I have had the experience with some of my students who have tested them recently who are saying, no, they're converting really well and they seem to be the right people that are high quality leads. So I haven't tested it with my clients or anything yet just because we're always working with a landing page with our clients and their offers. Got it. Um, another question. What is the timing that you usually run an ad for? So one thing I noticed is that it seemed to provide pretty good uh, response the first two weeks, but then there's significant drop off. Uh, have you experienced that with when you run longer campaigns? And do you have a strategy around this? Or what is your experience with this? Yeah, so I have heard of, of some people having that experience. And my question is, what is the budget and who are you targeting? And so I'm wondering if maybe the audiences are too small in that case, because we, with our clients, we run ads. Um, we like to have evergreen ads. So ads that we can start and then keep running for a long time. And sure, we might, we'll test different audiences and test different types of ads and different formats along the way. But we like to, you know, have like an evergreen offer with an evergreen type ad that we can keep running for the long term. And so we found that we can really get longevity out of lots of our ads um, of several months and even longer. Wow. Um, yeah. So my question would be if you're, if you're maybe targeting as like the audience is too small, then maybe they're just getting burnt out. So if you're targeting like your warm audiences and doing like a high budget, then typically our warm audiences are going to be smaller audiences than a lookalike audience or another cold audience where we can make those much bigger. So it could just be that the audience is too small, the budget is too high for the audience and they're burning out too quickly. That would be my guess. So that's really interesting that you say um, you do evergreen ads that could go on for months. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. because you were mentioning on the podcast movement, like you test it, you said, give it 72 hours for the algorithm to do its thing. I think that's in your, um, your, your PDF too, that Mm -hmm. I, of course, downloaded. Thank you. And um, because I'm, I'm learning in this space as well. So specifically, like, so you let you, we set up a successful campaign, let's say it's a GIF. So I have a graphic designer who does GIFs. I have have, you know, an in-house team that does those things, which is really cool. And then you mentioned Canva and I also like Headliner. That's what I use for my oh, podcast yes. promo yes. for the 59 like second. Too. So like I'll get like eight to 10 dope photos or like a quote, like a couple quotes from you or something. And when you're, and when your episode comes out, it'll be 59 seconds. And that's how I'll, I'll put it on Instagram. Or would you suggest me, I've only done it for the Instagram, actually doing a Facebook and running it on a Facebook ad and having that be like an evergreen thing. So then, I mean, that's something we could talk about 
about maybe that could be like a first test that I do with you and it's with you to kind of show the people and and that's like maybe that's one thing I could do and start with you that could be a, a fun idea but so I like the headliner so when you're doing um because like you were saying how like and I also know that Instagram format and the Facebook format are different so mm-hmm. we have the the graphic designer we have the, the the headliner that will do the Instagram format for you or the Facebook for you if it's an image if it's an audio with the narration that you have going on or you know royalty free free music or if you a lot of my listeners are musicians and I'm a musician and my partner Nikki Scorpio so we make our own music so as long as you can run those ads and right. those, you won't get in trouble with audio part there with the music so let's say we have these ads going and you do A to B testing like let, so mm-hmm. you you go for 72 hours and when you do the A to B testing like do you switch out the image do you switch out the text like do you how do you target the market like how do you do that A to B testing yeah okay so I love to test um, so basically there are three main components to a high converting campaign so you've got the offer so that's what you're promoting in your ad the offer and then you get it in front of the right audience and we have lots of different audience choices and then you grab their attention get them to take action with the eye-catching ad so those okay. are the three components so the things that we can test I mean we can test different variations of all three of those things typically I like to start with one offer and then test multiple different audiences and if I have the budget to work with I'll also test different versions of the ad at the same time if we have a limited budget to work with then I'll start with testing different audiences first and so I like to test them at the same time in different ad sets so as you're creating your campaign I organize my ads manager where I'll have one campaign per offer so if I'm offering um, a lead magnet for example then that'll be you know I'll label the the campaign appropriately and then in, in the ad set that's where I'll test different audiences in each ad set so I'll have um, one type of audience in one ad set another type of audience in another ad set so that I can test those A to B testing oh. at the same time in the same time oh. frame. Oh, so it'll be like the same ad, but one will be a lead magnet for this and one will be a lead magnet for another thing. Did something go over my head? So, <laughs> yeah. So I'll have the campaign be the one offer. So the one lead magnet. Yeah. And then just to, just to rewind for yeah. anyone who's missed it or still doesn't wrap their head around it, like me, a lead magnet, magnet could be like, the freebie to get your email to grow my email list or the lead magnet can be leading you to watch uh, a music video or leading Mm -hmm. you to my podcast, right? That could be the lead magnet. So what's the offer, what you want people to see about what you're spending the ad on? What, what, what do you, what's the CTA? What's your offer? What's your goal? Mm -hmm, The goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let me be very specific. So for me through Sean Cano, I found, um, thinkific. And so I'm, I'm doing this program and it'll be like four to eight videos because in my, um, two decades of my career thus far, um, peers, people younger than me, moms are coming to me, like family members, have your own agency, be a manager, um, be a consultant, like help me um, get my child into acting or like, I'm like people like are coming to me when their dads are like big time directors, like how are you doing what you're doing? And I'm self-made. So for me, like Sean Cannell says, like, what do people come to you for? Yeah, right. What do people come to you for? And like, I've given just out of God's grace, because I love helping people. I've given so much energy and love and positivity of paying it forward to people. But you know, then we need to scale and and you only can say like, how many times can you say something? Which why that's why I wanted to start my podcast six years ago to pay it forward. Like if you want to know about voiceovers or if you want to know about Facebook ads, here you go. Listen to Monica.
Monica Louie. You want to know about acting? There you go. Listen to this link. Instead of explaining the same thing over. So if what I'm doing is with my in-house team, the sophisticated psychos, we have a full house editing team and everything like that. So we're doing um, four to eight videos and there's going to be basic videos that are super basic to me and super basic certain things to you and what you do. But it's not basic to other people. So I'm going to do these videos, 48 videos, a one-time fee. They can download it and they get all the goods of my two decades of experience. And that's that's going to be my offer. So in the new year, I'm, I want to work directly with you and I want to do some Facebook ads and um, and that's going to be my offer. It's going to be a link where people can click and they can, you know, here's my experience. This is who I am. Click here. One-time fee, 39 bucks, boom. And you know the basics 101 for acting. So what would you do from there? Yeah, so with that being the offer, then we would test different audiences. Yeah, so it depends on if we're starting from like brand new building the audience or if we already have an audience and mm-hmm. an email list and perhaps a customer list. Um, so if we already have an email list to work with, we've got the pixel placed. And so we've been building up, you know, the website traffic to the, um, where the pixel is collecting that data. Um, then I would test, I would start with the warm audiences for a paid offer. I would start with the warm audiences. And the warm um, audience is... Those are people who already know you. Right. So, so you're meaning my email list then, right? Or do you yep. use your email list as well? No, it'd be your email list. And because they've raised their hand to hear from you. And mm-hmm. so it'd be your email list, um, your website visitors, uh, Pixel audience, your audience on Facebook, Instagram, the engagement audiences also are on Instagram. We aren't able to target our the people who follow us on Instagram specifically, but we can target the people who engage with our Instagram as long as it's a business profile, a business or a professional account is what they're calling it these days. Mm. Um, so we can, we can create an audience of people who engage with our Instagram. And also we can target our followers on Facebook or or people who have engaged with us on Facebook. So I would target the warm audiences with the paid offer. Um, And so I would create an ad to explain what it is. We could test a static image ad. We could test a GIF. We could test a video of you um, explaining what the offer is. We could do a behind the scenes video where you're kind of screen sharing and walking through what they're going to get in, you know, in the free or not the free, the the paid course. Um, So we would test different angles of that, um, different types of ads, and then see just what's resonating. We test different copy too. Um, And so we would test listing out what they're going to get and the benefits of that, who it's for. We'd also test maybe a version um, sharing testimonials of people who've gone through it already and gotten great success and, you know, raving about it. So we test different angles with the ads. So that's where I would test. If we wanted to um, start with growing the email list so that we're uh, getting people to opt in who may be interested in the paid offer, then that's where I would broaden the audiences and start with cold audiences so that we can bring people who perhaps haven't heard of you into our world, get them on the email list because they're interested in what we're talking about. And then we can follow back up with them to let them know about the paid product. See, I know um, you have a pretty big following on Facebook. So would you suggest someone like, me. Um, so I have okay, two things. One, I have my Facebook. I'm not big. I'm not a big person on Facebook. There's just so much going on. It's just like overwhelming for me. I'm just, I have so much going on. I like simplicity. So it's a lot, but I'm, I'm trying here. So I have the Facebook, which I'm not very big on. Like I have some whatever, but then 
I created, you know, a page for TSP, the sophisticated psychos. I created a Katie Chinakis page. So I have like, I don't know, not a lot, like 600 people who are liking or fans or whatever. Or maybe that is a lot. I don't know. So someone might have like, hasn't even started yours. Is that considered a business page? The one, because I created a that fan account or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that would that is that the business page that yep. if people are starting from ground zero, it, would that be something? It's like you have your Facebook, but then you create a page. Do you have to change that to a business or is that because that's already like Katie Chinock as you can like it or whatever? Is that considered a business page? Yeah. So if they can click the like button and, you know, say they want to follow then on that page, then that's the business page. And that's separate from your personal profile. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you would say uh, start there. That would be a good place for to start to let those people know about it first. Yeah, I would start there. I would start with your website visitors as long as you've got the pixel installed. Um, I'd start with your email list. It's really important to be growing an email list so that people can raise their hand, you know, just like you mentioned my email list, you know, that you appreciate getting my my emails. And so people are raising their hand to hear from you. They want to stay connected with you. They want to stay in your world. They want to hear your latest updates and what you're working on, what you're doing. And so it's really important to be growing an email list. And so if you have an email list, then I would start there getting back in front of them. You can email people. A good open rate for email is 20%. And so that means that 80% of the people on your list aren't seeing your messages. So if you're saying, hey, I created a course and I want to let you know about it, but only 20% of the people on your email list are opening that to even see that message. And that's where Facebook ads can be helpful because it can get back in front of them. Another place that they're hanging out aside from their email inbox, they're probably hanging out on Facebook or Instagram. And so then that's a way to get the message in front of them. And then do you suggest, let's say, um, so like years ago, like I um, started a, you know, a MailChimp, but you only can have 2000 and by law now, you know, like some friends shared with me, people have to like raise their hand and opt in and actually sign up for your email list. You can't just put people on your email list. It's illegal. It's against the law. So people who are starting this, you know, new and doing an email list, you have to you know, ask people to be on your email list, like they have to sign up for it, or you have to ask permission, you can't just automatically put people on your email list, it's against the law. And then so do you think it's good just obviously to reach out to your people and say, hey, you know, sign up, here's the links, which I have sign up for my email list, it's a good thing, that's a good start. But do you think it's good to run a Facebook ad to have people sign up for your um for an email list say hey I'm this I'm this expert of let's say here we go of acting for two decades or I have my own restaurant business or um you know some of my people on here they have they build their own apps so here's here are the apps I have that I want to share with you and here's an email list or sign up for my e- email list so I can give you some more value do you think uh, you should run a Facebook ad to get more people on your email list a lot of people do that right oh yes absolutely that's one of the main strategies we do with our clients and so mm. I think that every Everybody should be running, every business owner should be running a Facebook ad to grow their email list. And you don't have to spend a lot to do it, but, you know, have a baseline where it's constantly growing. And so that can be bringing in, you're doing the targeting to bring in the right people. And then you're offering, usually you'll offer the freebie. So a lead magnet, um, it could be like a free download, a free video, but they need to opt in to get it. So that's the thing is that they need to give over their email list, say, hey, I want it and I want to hear from you. And in order to get that freebie. So it could be a checklist, a quiz is a fun lead magnet, a webinar, a free training, free video, you know, 
a free course, free email course. Anyway, lots of different things that you can offer as a freebie in exchange for their email. Yeah. Rochelle Lawson, who is also on the podcast movement, she's all about like detoxification. So you can, you know, get um, this quiz. It's 40, it's 40 questions and it's fun. It's a fun quiz. And then it gives you a report of like, if you're low, medium or high based on like, and it shows you like um, what you're doing mentally, physically for like detoxifying without processed foods and just like um, environmental toxins. So it's like, you can make it fun and actually like give a lot of value to people. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And those can convert really well on Facebook ads too. We're doing that strategy with one of our clients and we've tested different lead magnets, different offers to get people to join his email list. And that's the one that's converting the best. And so a lot of people, um, especially my viewers on here, like are on a budget. A lot of people are artists, right? So if someone's their independent artists and they're not, you know, funded by, you know, their family or their partner or, you know, whatever of a company's not paying for it. And they're just an independent human being, which there are so many out there, <laughs> especially during the pandemic and all the struggles that people are going through. But obviously online presence is like, you know, so important. Um, is there a way to work with you with like a, a basic pack or just to do like a one-time campaign to set up something if people want to just get their email list popping and they want to just have that evergreen email list going with you? Like, do you offer that kind of service? Yeah. So we do offer, um, we call it the fast pass to Facebook ads. Um, and so that's a service that where you know, you're not quite ready to sign up for an agency on an ongoing basis, um, but you want, you want to create an agency quality campaign. And so then my team will work together uh, to brainstorm different copy versions for you, create different graphics for you. We may give you some suggestions for videos that you can create, or we can work with you to create. And then the strategy that goes along with that. And then we have a one-on-one coaching session where I walk you through creating the campaign. So you and I, we hop on Zoom, we do that together. And um, by the end of our time together, you've hit go on the campaign. You know how to create the ads and the campaign, the ad sets, all um, because I've shown you how to do it. And then you get access to my course for Flourish with Facebook ads for ongoing referencing. Um, so these are the people that don't have time to go through the course or feel like, you know, oh, I, you know, I buy a course, but I don't ever make time to go through it. These are the people that want to take action, get it going. And then afterwards, we give you your plan for the next steps. Like here's mm-hmm. what, here's what to test next. Um, and here's how to op- further optimize your campaign afterwards. Yeah. I mean, especially with today's world with mental health and mental health issues, there's a lot of people who have disabilities who, you know, have ADHD or depression and they just can't do those kind of things. And a lot of artists are like that, just a lot of human beings. And they're just a, a lot of people who are, you know, elderly who don't know who aren't tech savvy. So are there people on your team who, you know, support and do that for a person who maybe can't do that as well? You said you do the one-on-one coaching, but um, do you have like a team of people who, you know, actually do it if you have the login and you you do it for them too if they just pay the money for it. So that's just the the fast pass program I think would would cover that and that's where I work with my team to do that. As far as learning Facebook ads, we have Flourish with Facebook ads, which is the course where I teach you how to do it and then we've got a group coaching program around that. But my team focuses on the ads management side and working with our clients and and creating ads there. Cool. And then Ben, jump in. You want to ask some questions? Oh yeah, I'll, I mean the fast pass sounds interesting. So how much does it cost for that pack? you're describing? Yeah, it really depends on the strategy um, of what your goal is. And so, and because my team's involved then and my my time to, for the coaching. Um, so we have different packages based on the goal and the different type of, types of campaign that we'd be working on. Um, but you can find out more about that at monicalouie.com slash fast pass. 
Okay. Like a quick example of that would be like, I'm not going to need the graphic part. So you tailor, you tailor the, the budget. Like if, if for me specifically, like I wouldn't need the graphic part. So that would be saving X amount of dollars, you know, or if someone wants to do that on their own um, or like the, the writing, the writing part of it. Like if we're going to outsource and someone's going to write it, or if the person says, Oh, it's already written. I'm ready to go. I just have to maybe just have the, the one-on-one coaching with you. So it depends. So, so you tailor each package for everyone's individual needs and every company's needs. Yeah. So in that case, then I think that person would be better suited for Flourish course because that comes with the group coaching. And then I also offer um, discounted coaching packages for my students, um, my Flourish students. And so if you like, okay, I've got the graphic, I've got the copy, I just need some tweaks and some fine tuning. I do that with my with my students in the Facebook group that we have and on the group coaching calls. So that's a way that it's built into that program. But if you do want the one-on-one time, like, okay, I just really need you to walk me through setting this up and I can't make the group coaching calls or I don't want to do it in front of everybody else. Yeah. You know, then we can schedule the, the one-on-one coaching on top of that. And how often is your, um, your group sessions once a week, once a month? Like how is that set up? Yeah. Twice a month right now. Oh, it's twice a month. Cool. Yeah. Twice Very a month. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very cool. And then Ben, do you have some more questions? Oh no, I was just looking at the fast pass. So it looks like it's, uh, <laughs> he's like, like $2,500 is the starting point for that. That's the price point for that, for what you described. Um, yeah. Which seems, seems interesting. Okay. Yeah. I guess I had more like specific questions and stuff like that. Have you found that you get, well, you said, you know, you mentioned a, quite a few different things, but I was wondering in terms of your copy that you guys write, what are some, I guess, good examples of copy that, you know, when you're trying to build copy that you kind of, I guess, what's the framework you use for building the verbiage that you use in your ads? Yeah. So it really depends on what the offer is. So if we're sending people to go listen to a podcast or to go read a blog post, then we're going to have less copy, really just short to the point. We want to get people to click over. Um, And so we just want to pique their curiosity so that they click over and then um, engage there. Um, If we want somebody to opt in, for you know the the lead magnet for the freebie to join the email list, then we need to let them know. We will use a little bit more copy um, to let them know the benefits of the the lead magnet and who it's for. So we'll start off with an attention grabbing phrase or question um, to really signify who the offer is for, who we're speaking to, so that as you read that first line. So right now on Facebook and Instagram, only the first line and a half or so, two and a half lines um, really appear, and then people need to click the see more button or continue reading in order to read the rest Mm. of the copy. So that first line is really important. It's got to be powerful to speak to the right people. And of course, the graphic, the image, the video will help with that as well. Um, But you want to get grab people right away so that they want to click to keep reading. And then if it's like a webinar or something that where they're going to be investing time with you or going through your video course or something like that, then you need to explain, you know, a little bit about um, the credibility factor and authority factor of, you know, I've worked with so, 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 and so. Um, or something to that experience, or maybe share a quick line about your story or, you know, I've done this um, or relating to their pain point too. Um, So I've been there, but I figured out a system to ABCD um, and then go into your offer. And so that's why I created ABCD product or offer um, and then list the bullet points of what they're going to learn or benefit from going through that. And then I like to wrap it up with a call to action that very clear tells people what to do. So click the learn more button to join today. Click the learn more button to get started today, to get your free copy now, 
whatever that is, whatever that action is, I like to make it very clear and specific to let them know exactly what to do. Do you have a good favorite call to action you'd like to use? Like you could use, there's a lot of ways to phrase it, like learn more, get started, join now. What is, uh, is there one that are just like your go-to that seems to always convert better than everything else? Um, I really tailor them to the offer. So if it's a, you know, if it's a free guide, for example, then I'll say, you know, to grab your free copy today. Um, and then I also will, will wrap it up too with the benefit, the reminding them of the benefit or one of the benefits, um, you know, to, to lower your Facebook ad costs today or something like that, kind of just reminding them of the benefit. So as far as, you know, learn more or join now, I use the learn more button as opposed to any of the other buttons. I feel like rather than like download or sign up, um, I I'll use that more often than any of the other ones, because I feel like that's a kind of not a big ask. Yeah. What about the word free? Is free a very powerful word or is it too overly played when you use that in your maybe, you know, trying to get people to click through? Do you like using the word free? I absolutely like using the word free. If it is free, then let them know it's free. So I will put oh. that on the the graphic. So, you know, if we if we're using text on the graphic, then we will say free whatever it is, free training, free guide and make sure that it stands out and then in the copy, um we'll make sure that we're making sure that that's clear, it's free. So we'll say it a few times in the copy. I'll probably use it in all caps at some point in the copy just to make sure that it stands out. It is free. You're not expected to pay for it. It is free. And then usually they just have to enter their name and email to, to get it for free. Do you think, um, do you have anything else or can I ask a question? Go for it, Katie. Okay. Oh. So sometimes like I'll get people's emails and it's just like, so it's like, there's so many, you know, it's like, especially after podcast moving. So I'm getting all these like podcasts, yes. you know, newsletters and like some people it's just like too much. And it's like, just, so do you think it's like when you're doing a newsletter, I guess it's tailored to the principle of your platform and in, in what you're sharing and, and what offer and value you actually have to give people. But like mine right now is like, I'm committing to, because I know the saturation and noise out there, I'm committing to uh, once a month. Like I want to send people a newsletter once a month and it has three main topics, you know? So it's like, like it can be about like my acting, my music and my podcast. And these are the three um, guests I'm featuring that you might want to check out on the podcast. So it's kind of like three things instead of like over, you know, like it's too much. So, so what do you think on that about like um, how often, because you're growing your email list, but then while you're growing it, you don't want people unsubscribing. Right. So like, how do you, how do what's the balance of um, how much to share with people? Like when you, do have a lot to, of value to offer them. Yeah. So I think emailing once a week is a good, is a good um, schedule to get to um, because then you're staying top of mind. So when you email people, because they do get so many emails, I mean, most of us get lots of emails these days. And when you do email, if you email less often, they might be like, oh, who is this? Why did, did I join this list? What did I sign up for? And they might need to be reminded. So they, that might lead to unsubscribing. I know some people who email a lot too much and, and I mean, their goal, is you're either here and you're with me and you're in it with me or you're going to see yourself off my list. And so they kind of use it as a way to like weed people through like getting their true core audience. I love that. I so love that. That's actually I just really do smart. Once a week. Yeah. Got I it. just do once a week because I feel like that's a good 
rhythm for me and my team and also for my audience. And every time you email, you will get a few unsubscribes and don't take it personally. It could just be that it's not the right time for them to be following you. They're overwhelmed with other things. Yeah. Like, I'll come back to that when I'm ready. Right. So, yeah. Don't, don't take it personally when somebody unsubscribes. Got it. Okay. And then, um, so, uh, three top reasons why some ads succeed. Oh, understanding the audience. So having a great offer, understanding the audience and getting it in front of the right, the right audience with a great ad. Those are the, the three things that need to come together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the opposite three things that are big no-nos that don't succeed with ads. Okay. So the biggest mistake that I see people making are um, lack of commitment. So they want to dabble in Facebook ads. They want to try it out. But mm. the mo- the people that I see having the most success with Facebook ads, my clients, myself, and all my students are committed to making a consist making it a consistent part of their marketing strategy. And so an understanding too that it is a part of the marketing strategy. It's not the entire marketing or sales strategy. It's a it's a key piece. And so the lack of commitment, lack of strategy is a big one. So not getting clear on what you're doing, boosting posts here and there and just spending money willy-nilly because Facebook says your post is performing better than all the other ones, um, but not really thinking through what's going to help me achieve my goals for my business. So that's the second one. Um, and then the third one is lack of education. So jumping right in and not really understanding all the different options, understanding um, how the platform works, what the different options mean how to put together a campaign in a strategic fashion. And then also we talked a lot about the ad, you know, what is going to be the right type of ad to test for my offer, for my specific offer and my specific strategy. So understanding those things is really, if you're learning those things and that'll help you have more success with Facebook ads. Yeah. And then speaking about boosting, I remember in um, podcast movement, you were talking about, there's two things. One, it's not good to do ads actually from Instagram. It's better to do the, I mean, the, the, the Facebook owns the Instagram, but it's better to right. do the ads from Facebook. It automatically goes on the Instagram. So it's better to do it from the Facebook, not the Instagram, right? Yeah. Yes. It's better to go into the ads manager and on think through a, yeah, so you'll go to the Facebook ads manager at business.facebook.com. Um, go to your ad account and create a campaign. And that'll walk you through all your different options that you have. So you can think through strategically what I really want to do. Um, so that's the thing. I think a lot of people just hit boost post um, just to, to uh, you know, get more eyes on their post. But that may not be really what's going to, you know, move the needle for them in their business. That may not help them achieve their goals, may not, you know, help them um, increase their bottom line line. So think through strategically, what are my goals? And then how can Facebook and Instagram ads help me achieve those goals? And then go with your strategy into the ads manager and your plan of who you're going to target and what you're going to use for your ad, for your creatives, your copy and all of that. So you're not just thinking about it on the fly, that you're really intentional with what you're doing. Now you mentioned uh, boosting posts. So when you say um, just instead of just boosting, you mean just don't, don't boost from Facebook because I know there's boosting on Instagram. Yeah. Boosting on Facebook, boosting on Instagram, either one. I would much prefer that you think through your strategy and then go in and create the campaign in the ads manager. And if you want to boost that post, so let's say you've written a great post, it's getting great engagement. I definitely want more people to see it. Then I think you 
So you have the ability to pull that post into your campaign. So you can go find that post that you post on Instagram or on Facebook and pull it into your ad. So maybe you don't want to create a brand new ad or test different images, but then that gives you the ability to test different audiences because one audience will definitely outperform another one in most cases. So definitely if you're boosting a post, you're missing out on the ability to test. If you do want to test, you got to go into the ads manager anyway to set up those tests. So I I prefer to go in, think strategically about how this is going to help me achieve my goals. And then if I do want to pull that post in to an ad to get more eyes on it, get more click-throughs, whatever the goal is, um, then I will do that in the ads manager. So I'm a complete newbie. I have never done uh, a campaign, an ad through Facebook. So, you know, I've been sure, I, I my background's cross-country running, short-term, medium-term, long-term goals, strategy, you know, so, and then getting more information and you're the closest to the sweet spot that I found that I found with the vibes that I liked with the information that you've been, you know, gifting value and insight in the way that you go about it. Cause like, um, people pick up on energy, you know, people pick up on like quality people of good people to work with. So like, for me, it's like, that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast as well, because like, I just feel like you're, I'm getting like chills when I say this, I feel like you're a trusted source and then I'm willing to take that bet on you and risk on you and having, you know, you be a part of my team for my ultimate success, knowing like you're married and have children and families and that, you know, you love working in finance and that you love helping people is just another big reason why it's just like, you know, maybe it's your culture, just your in spirit, inspired and calling to like, you know, help people in this area. So like when you scoot over to the, the Facebook ads that I've never done, And yeah, I've seen like, oh, you can promote this. You can boost this. Maybe like, I don't know, a year or two ago, maybe I did it once or twice. I don't remember, but I have boosted from Instagram. And so then people, it shows like, oh, this came from your promotion, female, uh, male, like I'll do like Berlin, Amsterdam, like England, like I'll go to like Iran. I'll just do like Brazil. Like when I'm doing like music, I'll do Brazil. I'll be like, if I'm doing EDM music, I'm like top 10 countries for EDM. And then like, so then I'll kind of do strategic smart things and I'll do like a certain age. Cause you can do the, okay. I label it. I create the boost EDM. I create, you know, male and female. I do the age. I do the areas. I do see, um, this one person in bid summit. They're like, you can do, you don't need to spend $50, $500,000, you know, on campaigns. Like they were saying in bid summit, you can just do a dollar a day. Like you could do a dollar a day. I'm not even know if they're talking about the boosting, but I think they're just talking about the ads where you do a dollar a day and that's where you test it and you see if it does well, you do it for five days. And if it does well, then you can just like put another five, you know, just keep putting money in it to keep going in case it doesn't go well. But I'll just, I'll just do like a dollar a day for six days. And I'm like, oh, it's just $6 for the post. And then sometimes there's like 500, but then sometimes it's like 13,000 people, you know, it's just, it depends on like the area. So I'm kind of just testing it. And I work in different areas of music and, and acting. So, and, and, sales and things that I'm talking about. So I have different things that I've created. So would those, would those be considered campaigns and Instagram that I've created for boosting? Is that considered a creating a campaign? Yes. You're creating campaign. That's a creating a campaign. And then those are kind of like templates I have. Like if I go 
because I do multiple people for voiceovers, multiple people for acting, multiple people for sales, you know, and marketing. So then those are things. But you're saying don't do it through the Instagram, do it through the Facebook. Yeah. And the reason why I think that is because I look at it as that is Facebook's low hanging fruit that they make it so easy for you to just do it. Boom, boom, boom. And it's going and you're spending money. Um, But I do think that if people do that consistently, that they're probably just trying to ride, you know, getting good engagement on that post, as opposed to thinking strategically, big picture, how is this really going to help me in my business achieve my goals? Yeah, kind of like what you said before and what you just say now, I just, what just came up again, it's kind of like, like inflating or stroking my ego. Oh, cool. Like Mm -hmm. 7,000 people saw this or 3,000 people saw this. So it's kind of like, oh, like people are seeing it. And they may take value from it and like jump to monicalouie.com and just like, you know, take it and run. They might not follow me. They might just, a lot of times, like you see something, you take it and you run. So maybe I'm getting, gifting insight and value, but I'm not able to track it. Sometimes people are liking it. Sometimes I'm getting new followers. Sometimes I'm getting people writing to me, hey, you grabbed my attention. You like, you, you caught me. And that was from like a boost or maybe it's, um, it's, is it? It's boosting people who weren't following me because it tells you the percentage of who and who weren't following me. So, but the engagement I don't find is is too much as much as I would want it to be. Uh, maybe it's because of the low numbers I'm doing. But do you think if you're doing it from Facebook with doing those kind of numbers for a Facebook campaign, if you're doing it those numbers, or do you think you need to do something like I think you did with Pat Flynn? Maybe it was, I think it was like two hundred and thirty-seven dollars, and his ROI was like eight thousand or something like that. Yeah, was that the number? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so what was he promoting at the time? His his podcast, Passive Income or? Yeah, he was promoting a course. And so um, I think uh, it was smart from scratch. And so it was people just new to online business. And so um, we targeted people. We were very specific in in our targeting. So Pat has a really large audience, really highly engaged audience, but he's got an audience of people in different stages. So this course was perfect for people who are just brand new. They're just wanting to get things started as opposed to they've already been in business for a few months or a few years and they've already got some things rocking and rolling. So we targeted people who had visited that sales page recently. So they had shown an interest in that specific product. And we also targeted the segment of his email list. He has over 250,000 people on his email list. So a very large email list. Mm -hmm. So we targeted the specific segment of people who he had tagged as new or just getting started in online business, whatever he labeled that as. And then how many did that specific audience? A real quick, like how many tags would that be? Like how many people do you tag or what kind of, what kind of tag people or you tag interests like entrepreneurs? Like do you tag? So we uploaded his list, that segment of his email list. We uploaded it to Facebook and then Facebook said, yes. Then Facebook said, okay, I matched most of these people and it usually does a really good job matching the people on the email list with Facebook users. And so, yeah, so we targeted those people by uploading his email list and they, we were able to do that because they opted into face to Pat's 
email list. So they raise their hand. They wanted to hear from him. So you do have to certify on Facebook that you got these emails in a legit fashion. So you can do that. And then through the pixel, we targeted the people who had visited that specific sales page for that specific product. So that's how we did those two types of audiences, targeting those people that were had shown an interest in that specific product. And that's how it converted so well. So I'm I love just it. Kind we're getting some some specifics. So I have more questions on this. I want to like wait, kinda, wait, wait, wait. I just have wait. I'm just just one one quick question because I'm so mind blown right now. How long does it take to upload 250,000 to the Facebook or is it quick? Yeah, actually. So we didn't, we just, since we just uploaded the segment of the list, we did test for other strategies, his entire email list. Um, but really it's not that long. So it, uh, exporting the list may take a little bit of time um, to export it from your email service provider, but then uploading it may only take a few minutes. For my email list, my email list is around 10,000 people. It just takes a few seconds. It's really quick. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're not sitting there like waiting for it to go. If you have a much larger email list, 200,000 people or so, it'll it'll take a little <laughs> bit longer, but it's not like hours and hours. It's really yeah. only a matter of minutes. Got it. Okay, Ben, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just want to know more of the mechanics of how we converted $236 to $8,000, which sounds awesome. One, I guess, what was the price of this product that you guys are selling? Two, how did you set your bid strategy? So were you just putting Facebook on autopilot or was there some mechanism where you capped that type of bid? And three, did you keep turning the, the plan on and off or did you keep it running Four. Whoa, 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 whoa. One at a time, sweetheart. One at a time. Okay. Let's start with the basic. One at a time. Let's go. Okay. What okay. was the product and how much did it go for? <laughs> okay. So um, the product was his his course. I believe it was $247. And because we were targeting those small specific audiences, we only did, I'm trying to remember, maybe $25 a day. And it was only, he had it was an open and closed promotion. So it was only during the specific window of time of a matter of few days that he was opening this course up for enrollment. And so it was only a matter of a few days. That's why. So it was a limited, it was a limited time offer. He had that scarcity factor, that urgency factor to get people to make a decision now. And that's why we spent a little bit of money over this course of the few days and got a really great return. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I know Sean okay. can. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. People excited. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. The scarcity of the product. And then you said you limited that the spend to $25 a day. Was that with just one ad or did you have a bunch of different ad groups or how did you kind of spread that wealth on a per spend day? And was there a bid cap on every click that you allowed? I think so. This is when Pat and I were working together on coaching. And so I think we just had one ad testing the different audiences that we thought would be interested in taking advantage of the offer. So we just did a video ad of him. Um, since he's the face of his brand, he's very well known to his audience. And we were targeting his audience specifically. We just did the heartfelt video from him, letting him know like now's the time doors are open. I want to help you start your business. Da, 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 da. Kind of reiterating the copy that we use in the ad. Um, so just kind of sharing that same message. And so that heartfelt video grabbed attention because Pat is the face of his brand, grabs attention if you're, you know, a highly engaged follower of his. As far as the bid strategy, we always um, use the lowest cost strategy. So we don't do a bid cap or anything. We just set our budget, our daily budget, and then we let Facebook the algorithm kind of run with 
determining how many results or impressions we're going to get from that budget. If you're getting a lot of engagement in your ad, that's where you'll see more impressions because Facebook is prioritizing, pushing your ad out because it sees people are liking this. People are engaging with this. And so it'll push it out. So you'll get more impressions for your money. And then that can typically, if your ad converts, it'll lead to a lower cost per result. And so Facebook is on the auction system and it wants to prioritize pushing ads and posts. Um, This goes for organic posts also into the newsfeed and all the other placements of people for people who are, you know, the posts that people actually want to see. So if it, if your ad is not getting good engagement, then you're going to have limited reach, limited impressions for that ad. And that's where you'll want to, you'll want to tweak things with the ad. Got it. So, okay. And so then you just said $25 max per day, one ad lowest. And then you also, just to summarize, and then use the lowest bid auto Facebook Mm -hmm. algorithm strategy. Yep. Gotcha. With a video and a short, how long would you say your copy was on your, on your text of your ad? So the copy wasn't that short. I mean, we, so we like to space it out. So we have short paragraphs or one Mm -hmm. line, um, maybe, you know, a few lines for a paragraph, um, but then we're spacing it out and then we use bullet points and when appropriate for the audience use emojis. So emojis don't want to over, you know, clutter it with emojis, but an emoji, you know, here and there can help to grab attention and break up the text when you have longer copy. You you use just the right amount of emojis because some people, there's just too many emojis, but the emojis you use, you put them in the right places. They're subtle and they're like, it's, it's classy. It's very classy and charming. It's not like you. over. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, when people join your Facebook group, are there um, in the community of your Facebook group, do people share examples of their campaign so you can see and do you show examples of like what you're talking about, how you do, how you space them out? Some are longer, some are shorter. Do in your community, do do we get to share these things? Yeah. So in the, in the course, I've got lots of examples, screenshots of ads that we've run and I break it down as to why they worked and I'll show some case studies in the course. It's my favorite um, lesson in the course where I show different case studies of ads where I think this image was going to perform better, but this one actually did. And then I kind of break it down as to why, you know, the hindsight is 2020, why I think that's the case. And so, and then I show how I tested this type of ad format. And then I tested this one and this one converted better. And the reasons why I think that worked that way. Um, and so I show lots of, lots of case studies of different copy variations, different ad and graphic image and video variations and different ad formats too. Um, and then, so that's in the course and then in the Facebook group. Yes. I love it when my, my students share like screenshots of their ads. If they're saying, you know, my ad's not converting, I need help. I'm like, show, show me what your ad copy is, you know, copy and pays, do a screenshot. And then I give you feedback on what I think might be, might be happening there. And that happens too, when um, they have rejected ads, then sometimes Facebook isn't so helpful with telling us why our ad is getting rejected. So I'll kind of coach them on that too. So it's very interactive in the Facebook group and then the group coaching calls as well. And I'm going to have it in the um, the show notes, but um, again, uh, let the viewership know uh, the Facebook group that you created. Yeah. So that's in the Flourish with Facebook ads program. Mm-hmm. That's part mm-hmm. of that program, the VIP right. program. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, with um, my in-house team, the Sophisticated Psychos, we do audio editing. We have video editors who do After Effects, post-production, like all that stuff. So 
um, you know, New York City, Berlin, Los Angeles, like, you know, you don't have to be there. It's everything's just sending files. But there have been some times where I sneaked peeked into some offices and there are people like, you know, you know, there are people out there who are doing like, I made webinars, check and see how I made $30,000 last month. And it's just like a, a white drop screen and they have like, they're have they're outsourcing everything. And so I, and they have editors and stuff, but I've seen like them hear them say they're spending $50,000 on Facebook ads or they're like each ad, um, they can spend $5,000 for each campaign. And so these people are the people who have, you know, someone who's funding their business for, you know, digital certifications and, and things like that. It was uh, which conference did I go to? It was in San Diego. Um, it was a really cool conference. I, I saw Sean Cannell there, but it was which conference was that um, it'll come to me in a moment. But the point is there's autopilot bots. So the people who don't know, like you, you have your team and you have, you know, strategically working back and forth, but there, how, how can we educate the people? Because there's these Facebook autopilot bots out there where it's like, people are paying all this money here, just do it for me. But it's just like an automated Facebook bot. Like, how do you know the difference if it's going to be you and your real agency of team or if, you know, cause there's a lot of scams out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how can you educate your audience, our audience here and let the viewers um, know to confide and trust and and know the difference, whether they work with you specifically or not? Like what are some red flags? Sure. So when you're looking to outsource your ads, then you want to be finding an agency that has great success, first of all, with your strategy. So as I said, you know, we touched, we touched on earlier that our expertise is in uh, digital products. So software courses, programs, um, you know, working with online experts, bloggers, et cetera. So that's, that's where we really have our experience and our expertise and our testimonials and case studies and experience there. So you want to find out that who they have experience with, what strategies they've used, um, and then also what their process is. So something that I don't really get asked a lot, but I think you make a great point is I don't really get asked a lot when I'm, when I'm talking with a new prospect who, you know, may or may not end up working with us. I like to share what our process is because quality is really important to us. So I like to explain that we have a review process after basically every single step of the way to ensure that we're keeping quality high. And when it comes to drafting our copy, we have a review process for that. Creating graphics, we have a review process for that. The strategy and the ads plan and which audiences we're going to target, that gets reviewed. Everything gets reviewed before it goes into the ads manager. And then when it's once it's in the ads manager, then it get re- gets reviewed again before it's live. So asking about the process and then asking about what kind of, you know, what's included in the service what you're going to be receiving. So we create weekly reports for our clients and monthly reports because it can be helpful to look at that bigger picture view as opposed to just the week after week after week. We kind of can see a trend when we're looking at that bigger that bigger view of the month over month. So, um, so you know, get really clear on what you're actually getting and where their team is, what they're doing, what their process is like, and their experience, case studies, testimonials of people who have done similar strategies and different industries too. There are you know, specialists in the local arena. So we don't really focus on local, but there are Facebook ads specialists that work in the local arena um, and e-commerce. So get really specific as to 
you know, your niche and your space and then finding somebody who's shown excellence in that space. So you just mentioned um, some areas where you're an expert in. So what are some areas that you don't deal with? That's not your expertise. Yeah. So e-commerce, we tested a little, a little bit, um, but we really find that we really excel with the, with the online space, um, with digital products, software programs, courses, things like that. So we, I have um, people in my network that if a lead comes to me and they're in the e-commerce space, then I refer them to my network and that works really well. Um, And then also the local space. I don't work with local businesses who are just targeting a specific region. Mm -hmm. When I was first getting started with Facebook ads and doing coaching, I had, you know, I had people reach out to me for help and I was kind of like, you know, yes, I'll, you know, I'll work with whoever. And, but then I realized where my space and expertise and niche really is. And so it's really in the online business space with digital products. And what's the most fun for you in the whole process? Because I mean, it's like, whoa, a lot, but like, what keeps you going? Like what keeps you going? And what's the most exciting part for you in, in this space? Yeah, I love the strategy part of it. So I have that, you know, analytical mind um, and, you know, finance, uh, financial services. And then I really like to bring that to Facebook ads, looking at the data, breaking it down, thinking through the client's goals and what they're trying to achieve, and then brainstorming different ideas and different ways that we can get there. Um, And so that's really what I love to spend my time on. I've got a great team, though, that's great with the creative side and, you know, coming up with creative graphics and images and things like that for the ads that are really going to stand out and kind of thinking outside of the box there. And then I've got really great copywriters on my team too, to, to put that all together. So mm. that part, that doesn't come as naturally for me, although I can do it, but I love that I have my team of amazing people who are really great at that part. And then how did you find your copywriting team? Yeah. So um, from my email list, actually, most of my, most of my team members have come from my email list and people following me. And then when I, um, when I started to grow my agency a few years back, I just posted on my email list that I was looking to hire and, um, got some really great people to apply. And so every few months or so, we feel like we're at this place where we need to get hiring again. And so I reach out to my email list first and then post on social. And then maybe, you know, if I'm not finding great candidates, then I'll go to, to my network outside of that. But I've had, I've gotten really great team members from just reaching out to, to people who follow me. Cool. Yeah. And then the, the warm contacts from the email list that you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And then for um, everyone listening right now, and maybe they want to contribute or help or be a part of the team. Is there somewhere, um, you know, is there, room on your team for more expansion and growth of something that like for to be an asset to you that you know how they how um you know they can add value to what you're doing and maybe they want to like work with you are there opportunities there right now yeah absolutely you can go to monicalouie.com slash careers and we have an application there for a facebook ad assistant right now um and as we have other openings then we'll post that there um but always if you've got great experience with facebook ads and you really want to want to continue and you know, geek out on the strategy and the copy or the graphics or strat- like whatever. Um, yes, I'm always looking for great people. So monicalouie.com slash careers would be the place to go. Great, great. Ben, um, do you have some questions? No, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. I think, I know, um, you like know, amazing. hopefully I'm not stressing you too much on the on the ads. I think my, the ad <laughs> space that I'm advertising in is it, like, so you've got, you know, different segments. I'm, I think my ads are competing against, you know, $100 million company. So it's like, a, it's a, you know, 
it's a different game, you know, at the different levels. If you're competing against people with 10,000 ad bids or like these $100 million budgets, there's a there's a lot of crazy stuff, I think, that can go on. I mean, I don't think we've touched like negative, like at this at different levels, there are companies out there that will provide negative bots to basically click through your ads and stuff like mm. that. Have you ever experienced any of that? And how have you handled that if like a negative campaigns against you? Yeah, no, I haven't experienced that, thankfully, or at least not that I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I don't really... I don't don't really know how to answer that because it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't always know how to answer it either, but I, it happens. It's, it's, I would. So if you do suspect it though, if you suspect that something like that is going on, then I would reach out to Facebook support. Mm-hmm. We did have an issue with one of our clients um, where there were fraudulent, somehow somebody got access to the ad account and set up some campaigns at really high budgets and um, were was using you know their credit card to fund these campaigns. And we reached out to Facebook support and they refunded. I mean, we didn't have to go down a rabbit hole of trying to bear fire like they they refunded instantly once we once we made that report so if that if you are suspecting any kind of you know suspicious activity then i would i would definitely reach out to the facebook support yeah that sounds yeah, like really that- smart if there's like negative bots going on to just report it because yeah some people when they've like sent me spam i'll re- i'll just i'll click and just report it like this person is sending me something inappropriate and it's like who are you so i'll, I'll re- that's good that's really smart do you, do you report them have you reported uh, them in the past yeah so i've noticed when in certain era, you know, I'm a, my background is computer science. So I kind of study all this data and stuff like that mm. that's going on. And I have noticed irregularities, not just on Facebook, but also on Google AdWords as well. And I have noticed that Facebook is more readily ready to refund money than say Google is. So they've mm. been good at that on some interesting scenarios and stuff like that. But yeah, this stuff does happen there, you know, at different levels or they're, you know, one strategy for bigger companies is to hire negative PR teams that are basically just click farms, you know, in foreign, in different countries that use VPNs to, to pretend to be in America. And then they will click out, you know, smaller level type of campaigns to get bought out to reduce the ad spend that they're competing against. And then that lowers the amount that they have to spend for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the same type of eyeballs. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, and unfortunately, there is no real way to track that because it's an insulated type of uh, environment in Facebook. You can track it in, in um, a little more easily in Google for their different ad placements. But in Facebook, it's tougher to see what's really going on behind the curtain. Well, speaking of Google, how come, um, is there a reason why you chose Facebook and Instagram ads over um, Google ads? I've never done a Google ad, by the way. So <laughs> I'm not a specialist in that area by any means, but um, are you going to dabble into Google ads? Do you have interest in going over there? Or are you just going to stick in the Facebook, Instagram space? Yeah, so I got started with Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, I learned from Amy Porterfield and she she really taught me the the power of Facebook and in, Instagram ads um, that your people are hanging out there. That's a great way to get in front of the people. And with the targeting options, you can get in front of the right people who are likely to be interested in your offer. So that's why I started off there. And she explained that you can get started with you know, small budget if that's where you are. And so when I got started with my own Facebook ads a few years ago, I, you know, I had limited funds to put toward it and just wanted to make sure that it worked. So once I had great success with that, um, then that's when people started reaching out for my help with Facebook and Instagram ads. And then later I eventually um, sold my first blog where I was running the ads for um, and then dove into Facebook and Instagram ads. So that's been where my experience is. We do Pinterest ads on a case-by-case basis when it makes sense for our for our clients. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like an add-on service. Yeah. We do have interest in, in exploring with Google. We just haven't gone that route yet, but I, I definitely would like to explore over there and test first with my own offers. Um, 
you know, and really get our strategy nailed down before we start offering that as an, as an additional service. Um, but that is something that I'm interested in. Now, um, um, since you mentioned the Pinterest, because Pinterest and YouTube are the only places where like YouTube, it lives forever. So optimization, hashtagging, you know, with YouTube, um, Pinterest, but the rest of them, like Twitter and Facebook, well, with Facebook, you're running an ad, but you know, the rest are just feeds. Instagram, it's feeds. It's there for a minute, two two hours later, it's gone or two minutes later, 24 hours, it's gone. So the Pinterest is where it can like live on because it does optimization and the the YouTube. So um, are you into the YouTube ads as well? Or are you going to dabble into YouTube ads in the near future? Um, that'll probably be down the road. I would say that the next thing we would test would be the Google ads. But I know YouTube, YouTube ads are hot and people have a lot of interest in that. And it's hard to find um, or at least I'm not familiar with, you know, really good agency that does, that really rocks YouTube ads. So I know that there's a big market there, um, but we'll probably start with Google AdWords first um, before we dive over to YouTube. And then speaking of these agencies, for the people who do not know, when did these agencies pop out of the woodworks? Like agency for YouTube ads, agency for Facebook. Like I know um, there are a couple companies in Arizona that I know some companies work with, but um, when did they, when did they start? Like, when did this all happen? Like when did, because it's like all of a sudden it's a thing, you know, it's a very specific thing. Like, you know about it or you don't, but like, and how did you decide to work with the agency you work with? Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, as social media has grown over the last, you know, decade or so, and these ad platforms have really grown, um, that's where people have got, have taken more of an interest in it. Um, and, you know, businesses see that it's a great place to advertise. You know, the traditional marketing, um, traditional advertising is becoming less and less appealing because you can get in front of the people who, you know, most of us these days are hanging out online somewhere in one of these platforms. So for me, um, I started with my first blog in 2015 and then I sold that in 2016. Um, at the same time, people in my network online um, in the personal finance space were having an interest in um, Facebook ads using Facebook ads to grow their blogs, drive more traffic. And so people one by one started reaching out for my help with their Facebook ads. And one by one, we were starting to get really great results. And I realized that I was having a lot of fun doing it and we're getting great results. And I felt like I just, you know, hit the goal that that was what I was looking for when I left my corporate job. I was looking for something that I really love doing. I really love working with other business owners and helping them share their message and getting great results on top of that. Um, And so that's when I decided to sell my blog and go full full force into Facebook ads. I started off with coaching, one-on-one coaching and um, worked and with- how many, many years ago was that? Yeah, so that was, um, I got my first uh, Facebook ads client in 2016 for coaching. And then really 2017 is where I really grew it. And I grew, it grew organically just from word of mouth. Um, I didn't launch my website, monicalouis.com until June of 2017, but I was already booked out with my coaching. And so then that summer is when I decided I was like getting scheduled you know, booked out with my coaching and that I needed to package it just like you were saying, package my knowledge, my system, my process that I developed working with my coaching clients into my course. So then I launched Flourish with Facebook ads in September of 2017. And at the same time that I launched, then I had a couple of very um, popular 
bloggers in the personal finance space who were at a place in their business where they were you know, ready to outsource their ads. They reached out to me. They said, I don't want to learn ads from you. I want you to do them for me. So mm-hmm. that's when I decided to develop my process for managing ads successfully for other businesses. And that's when I started growing my agency from there. So yeah. Yeah. Great. And then, so I'm, I feel like I'm kind of just like on, on the same wavelength and trail as you, like, just like I, um, specifically told you the story of have your own agency, be a consultant. Da, da, da. So now what I've been doing is I've been coaching clients one-on-one. That's what I've been doing. So having testimonials for those clients and then now, um, building a, a course on Thinkific and then having that to be able to package it because, you know, you have kids. So it's like, you need to put all your energy into the kids, right? But then instead of saying the same thing, just packaging it. So, so I'm kind of like on that, that vibe right there too, of like doing the one-on-one coachings, packaging my first thing. I have my first thing I want to package, which is acting 101. The next thing people come to me nonstop for is voiceovers. The next thing people come to me is for modeling. And the next thing people come to me more so the modeling now is podcasting. They're like, I've mm-hmm. had my podcast for one year and from podcast movement, people have reached out to me and I'm on I'm on a guest on like over 10 podcasts. They're like, how did you grow your podcast in one year? Like, what did you do? And they want to come to me and like do this. So no problem. And I've like shared with so many podcasters, whatever, like people are wanting to know certain things and I'm gifting this information because it's been around for a while. I wanted to start my podcast six years ago. And I mean, I, I, October 29th was my one year mark. And so like now, you know, it's just like, I know what I know. And you know, you know, like before podcast, movement, there was 20,000 new podcasts per month. Now during the pandemic, now there's a hundred thousand podcasts per month starting. Lipson yeah. has 75,000 podcasts and there's 1.5 million podcasts, but 1 million are inactive. There's only 500,000 podcasts. And if you have 150 downloads per episode, you're in the top 50% of the podcasters. So we're like in a really, really like new space especially with like, forget, you know, the bigger companies, right? They already have their agencies, they have their marketing, their PR teams, but the ones who are like mom and pop or like newbies, and I've been a brand ambassador for a lot of companies, like I can pitch and tell them, Hey, like I can put you in my ad space. I own my own IP. I can shoot, create content and partner up and do deals with them. So that's something else. Like I could package and gift out to certain clients and people where they could like utilize me for that area. I mean, that could be all over the place, but it could, it could niche down. But so one of the things I want to do is like have a course on basic on 101 podcasting. Right. And there are people Mm -hmm. out there who are giving information and I can gift information, of course, you know, that's what we do to add value, you know, for people, whether they invest, you know, their time, they're investing something, their attention, their, the, the moments of getting to know you, to getting to know me, to getting know about like, obviously the, the topic of interest here. So yeah. So on your podcast specifically, what, what are um, some things people can learn from your podcast? Yes. So the podcast is flourished to seven figures. Yeah. Um, and I definitely talk about Facebook ads um, and love to keep the audience up to date on what, you know, what's the latest happening on Facebook ads. But I also, you know, I'm I'm on this path to seven figures myself and I've been growing my team. And um, and so I like to share all of that. And so I interview great guests as well who have hit seven figures or are on their way to seven figures or have something that they can, you know, bring a value to help other businesses that are on their way to seven figures. Um, so we talk 
talk about, you know, a lot about marketing strategy, creating content, a lot of marketing and strategy and, and all of that. Um, definitely talk about Facebook ads, team building, culture, um, you know, creating that culture in your team, um, how to hire. I mean, we talk about all of it that will help you build your business and flourish to some figures. Now, do you think um, someone who's just starting out and they want to dabble and let's say for me, for example, I'm just going to do, let's do a campaign. So we have an evergreen campaign. So I'm building my email list for arts and entertainment for people who want to know about acting and voiceovers and podcasting. Can that be a package all in one or those three different things? Or is it okay to kind of put a three? Cause in Instagram, they say, Oh, there's like three topics for a, for an Instagram, um, how, how would you do that? Would you just, for, to grow an email list, would it be a blanketed arts and entertainment or like acting only, VO only, podcasting only? Or could you say, oh, acting and podcasting? Yeah, I think that you could have your different segments. So you're the face of the brand. I think you could have your different segments and people following you for different things. Just like we're talking about Pat Flynn. I mean, he's got people that follow him because they want to learn podcasting from him. But then he has other people that follow him because they want to learn affiliate marketing or other things from him. So he has different areas of expertise. And so I think that you could do the same thing. I think for each one though, I would have a specific freebie, specific lead magnet that is just like a quick win. Maybe it's a checklist or maybe it's like the, like my guide covers the six steps to creating campaigns that convert. So, you know, something that just kind of breaks down the overall, the overview of the process of getting started or that can help them create a specific action. So whatever the first step is to, um, you know, acting, um, getting started with acting, whatever that is, break that down into a free lead magnet. And then that can be your freebie. And you know, those people opting in for that lead magnet are interested in following you for acting. And some of them may also be interested in the podcasting and the other things, but, um, but you know that those are the people and you can use that. Like we said earlier, um, when you're running Facebook ads for those different offerings, and you can use that segment of your list so that you can get in front of them with your Facebook ad, or you can create a lookalike audience of those people. So that's where you tell Facebook, Hey, I've got these people. They've already opted in my list. I want to grow my email list offering the same freebie that they opted in for. So find more people like them. And that's called a lookalike audience. And that's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite types of audiences. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so I would say segment your list for sure. Have a different freebie, a different offer for each segment. But I think you as a face of the brand can cover all three. Yeah. And then, um, and this is, and you do this internationally, not just local. Like you said, your your expertise is more international, not, not just America, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then for everyone listening, so I'm just using an example for like acting for like one thing, but this principle applies to whatever your interest is, whether it's fashion, music, voiceovers, um, restaurant owners, people who create tech, uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, like what people come to you for and what your expertise is. And um, so For me, like, I think it would be really awesome to do a first campaign, an evergreen campaign of building the email list, right? And really building up the brand and the brand awareness. And then once that's rolling and popping, like maybe, maybe two months after 60 days after, or would you say simultaneously, or would you wait 60 days after and then um, have another campaign for the, you know, for the $39 offer of a one-time link and it's four to eight videos and you download it and it's an evergreen campaign that's yeah. going to go. 
Yeah. So I would do them simultaneously. So when we get started working with a new client, we say, you know, what is the main goal? Where should we start? And usually that's bringing in the leads and growing the email list, getting people to join their email list, getting people into their sales funnel with a lead magnet. And so we'll usually start there and then we'll retarget those people. So the warm people, the warm audiences will get in front of with the paid offer on the back end as they're going through the funnel. And then we'll also add in like a brand awareness piece where maybe they have a really relevant blog post that kind of is a good introduction or a video um, that we'll put into an ad as a good introduction, something where we can get a lot of results, a lot of people kind of um, being introduced to the brand um, for a very low cost. And so with many of those driving traffic to a blog post or building up video views, those can be really low cost per result offers in your Facebook ads. And do you think like something like that, like, because a lot of people, when you go to their website, they're doing these videos instead of just a photo, I didn't do my video yet, but a lot of my friends and a lot of people have them where it's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and and this, thanks for coming to my site. So, um, that's what people are doing on their actual websites. Now, when you do the Facebook, um, ad campaign where, when you do the video, would it be like a one minute video, a two minute video? Like what, what's a good length for a video to say, Hey, and this is the course I built for the acting 101 click here to learn more. Like how long should that video be? Yeah. So we like to use the same video on Facebook and Instagram and Instagram limits Mm -hmm. you to up to two minutes video. So I would say one to two minute video um, for that. Just keep it short and sweet. Then you can repurpose it on Facebook and Instagram in both placements. Yeah. And then if if people just have a ring light and they just do it off their iPhone and they have a a great quality thing that they're saying and they already know the message because they know themselves within and out and they give that to you and they're like, oh, I already have my video and the written copy. So that money is saved and used towards different things. Like you don't have to outsource the writing. You don't have to outsource um, the video because it's already done. So, or do you say like, oh, this is my copy and you have it, there's an option to like have it proofed. You know what I mean? Before, before sending it out to make sure, or do you just go with what they want if they're strong about it? Or do you say, hey, you know, actually from my expertise, I just got to let you know, this probably needs to be proofed or tweaked. And do you help with that? Or do you just allow the client to be like, this is what they want to say. And, you know, it's their money or, or do you, how, how do you work in, in that area? Yeah. So we really, um, we, we will, if our clients present to us, most of our clients take advantage of our copywriting um, because we know, you know, they might have bullet points or things that they'll share or we'll take copy from the landing page to make sure that we're, you know, pulling in those bullet points. Um, but we know about like the formatting for the different placements and all of that. Yeah. And so if, I mean, we do have clients sometimes where they're just like, I was inspired. I wrote this. I don't know if you can use it for an ad or if it, you know, it'll be good. And then we'll take it and we'll kind of work with it and massage yeah. it into, into ad copy. So we definitely do that as well, but we do, we do like to, you know, make sure that we're reviewing it because we know, um, you know, the little details about what to put in an ad and, and what we want to make sure that we include in there. Um, to get it ready for going live in the ad. And what's the turnaround time? If someone has the text, if they have like the the bulk of the the writing, but maybe someone's gonna tweak it, you know, to make it what and then and then actually creating the the ad, like what's the turnaround time on getting a campaign going? Oh, like for if my agency were to do it? No. Or you for mm-hmm. just to learn it and do it themselves or for my agency to do it for ads management. So you do both. So sometimes you have the students and then, mm-hmm. so you teach them how to do it themselves. Yeah. So what's the, what's the turnaround time on that? 
if they're kind of okay. if they're kind of savvy, if they have the the graphic, if they have the writing. Oh yeah, you can. I mean, you can get that that uploaded um, and going in. I mean, within a few hours. I mean, if you've got if you've got that already, then it's just a matter. And if you've got your ads plan, then it's just a matter of going in and getting it set up. So I mean, that can be just you know twenty maybe thirty minutes um, if you've got everything ready. Maybe faster if you've already got your audiences created and all of that. So as far as getting it going in the in the ads manager for my team, we um, we work with our clients on a contract basis and a longer term basis. And so we'll have when we initially get started, we have an onboarding call. Before the onboarding call, actually, we send over a checklist of all the things that we'll need, and then we go over that checklist in the onboarding call of anything that's outstanding. Um, we'll gain access to the ad account, and then our first step is to do what's called a story brand brand script. Are you familiar with story brand and Donald Miller? He's got a, um, he's got a really popular podcast and book. So I read that book a couple of years ago and bought it for my entire team. And so that's the process that we go through his brand script process, where it really helps us get familiar with their avatar, their ideal audience member, or sometimes they have multiple different audience, you know, types of audience members. Um, so we get really clear on their avatar and then it walks you through positioning the offer to solve the problems for the avatar. And so we will draft that based on um, what we see on their you know, landing pages and website and what they've provided to us in that checklist. And then we send it to them for their review, their blessing, um, you know, their tweaking or feedback. And then we use that as our inspiration for brainstorming ads and copy. And then they control and look in and you check in to see it, what's working, what's not. And then you do the internal tweaks without letting the client know, or you're just, Hey, we're, this isn't running as well as we want to do. We're doing a couple tweaks. It could be with the color scheme or maybe switching up the image or changing up the text font color. Like the, like, do you let the, do they just in-house do it automatically or do you like check in with the clients and let them know? Yeah. So we, we start off with weekly meetings with our clients and we produce those weekly reports. And so we're letting them know how things are going and we're communicating with them because we want to, we start off communicating very closely because we want to make sure that as we're getting things going, you know, if we think things are going well on our end. We want to make sure that the client is also thinking that, and we don't want to make, you know, we want to make sure there's no disconnect in the results and what we're seeing on both ends. So we like to have really consistent communication, especially up front. Some of our clients then after a few months of working with us, they'll say, okay, I'm good for every two weeks of meetings and then we'll send them with the report in between. Um, we've have some clients that are like once every few months, you guys just run the show and they want to be just, you know, hands off and let us do our thing. Yeah. So it really kind of depends on the client and what, how yeah. involved they want to be. So we want to make sure that we're communicating enough with a client, but also not too much. We don't want to, you know, be another meeting in their schedule. If they're like, Hey, you guys got it. Let me, let me run my business over here. So yeah. we, we work with our clients and their, and their needs and their um, preferences with all of that. Yeah, it's individually tailored based on the yeah. company and the size and and things like that. How many people are on your team? Was it 10 to 12? Yeah, about 10 to 12 people. Okay, I think I remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's Yeah, cool. we're currently hiring, so that's why it's it's shifting. Mm, yeah, cool expanding. That's great. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um anything else you want to share with the viewers, listeners? <gasps> So if you love podcasts, I love, I'd love to have you over at the Flourish Seven Figures podcast. Um, and it's just been a pleasure, you know, chatting with you. And I hope that this has been helpful with um, getting started with Facebook ads and also learning how to test and tweak. Um, ben had some really great questions and really fun you as well, of course, Katie. Um, so <laughs> I just want to thank you for having me on. This was a pleasure. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Ben, do you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns about anything? No, I think this is a great chat. So thanks for uh, putting me on it. Oh, my pleasure. Definitely. I just know with your like computer science um, background and I know, you know, you've personally invested in Facebook ads and I know people who've invested like $30,000, $50,000 in Facebook ads. It's just like, I didn't do this. And so like, I just wanted kind of to have it be more rounded for the viewers and the listeners so they could, you know, because maybe they're not a, a newbie beginner like me, you know, but so do you suggest like just stopping the boosting? I would prefer people stop the boosting. I know that it can be easy to do it. Um, and, you know, if you've gone through and you've thought through your audiences um, and you've thought through your strategies and it works for you, but I think people are missing out on some options that could better optimize their campaigns and also um, thinking through the strategy, you know, the big picture strategy by going into the ads manager, then you can really take the time to think through that. Okay. So question. So like um, I created She's All Over the Place podcast recently, just like two weeks ago on the Instagram. And I okay. have it, I have it going to the Katie Chinakis fan page that I created. So moving forward, instead of posting it on the Instagram feed, I should post it on the Facebook and go in and do a test of a Facebook ad manager and do it there because it shows on Instagram too, instead of doing it on the Instagram. So I think you should still post to your, to your profiles on Instagram and on Facebook too. Post consistently because if people click over from their ad, they want to, I mean, they don't want to see a ghost town, you know, of nothing happening there. So I say post consistently at least once a week um, on those platforms. So people see that you're live, you're active, you're not, you know, a scam, right? People are, are skeptical of ads coming through their feed. And so definitely post organically. If it is something that you do want to put money behind, you want to make sure that more people see it, um, then you can post it. And if you know, like, that's exactly what I want to pull into my ad, you can post it and then pull it into your ad um, in the ads manager when you create your campaign. So it used to be that we could only do that on Facebook, but now we can also do that on Instagram. Instagram. So that's not a barrier as far as like pushing out your Instagram posts to more people. But if you want to test, if you want to test like maybe this image versus this image or this image versus a video, then you'll want to set all that up in the ads manager. It's just easier to do that rather than posting here, boost, you know, um, and then pulling it in here. I think it's just easier to do it all in the ads manager. Yeah. Cause like, I think just, just to, just to give it a whirl before I like actually dive in next year with full force with it. I think maybe the next 59 second video that I put up like for she's all over the place. Maybe I can do it on the um, Katie Chinakis Facebook thing in the ads manager because I already have the 59 second video with the with the audio. Mm -hmm. So I already have the audio. I already have the video. And then um, would I text the call to action there? Would I put what in the text? Do I put the call to action where it's like, like my Facebook profile or sign up for the, the podcast? Or would it be sign up for my newsletter? Like if it's obviously yeah. about the podcast, you want them to subscribe and go listen to the full episode. Right. So if you're promoting that specific episode, if that's what you're talking about um, in the video, then I would make sure that your copy is an, is aligned with that as well. So to tell people, you know, where they can find it. Cause you know, me, I'm, I love podcasts as well, listening to podcasts. And so if I see something coming through my, my feed, um, promoting the latest podcast episode, you know, I may not click over and go listen right then, but uh, that'll, you know, help me remember that I want to go listen to it when I'm going to be listening to the podcast next. So I would let people know 
all the places that they can go find the podcast. They can go see it on your YouTube channel. Let people know those places. So yeah. when they're ready, they they know exactly where to go. That They can go find it on their favorite podcast platform. Also include a link. Um, so you do show notes on your website, then um, use that link to your show notes. And then you've got your pixel installed. So then you're getting people going to your website and they may click over and listen to the, op- the podcast episode there or they may, as again, go find it in their podcast app later. Well, that's what I wanted to ask because my um, podcast is on my website and then all the different areas they can choose to listen to the podcast. Yeah. So do you think I should just yeah. direct them to the chinakas.com website, see podcasts and then click there? Instead of yeah. sending them to like Apple or Spotify. Right, right. So you have, yeah. So I, I would rather send people to the website yeah. and to the show notes page for that specific episode in, yeah, there. Yeah. And then they can choose to listen to it on your website or they can choose to go listen to it in their podcast app or check it out on YouTube or whatever, you know, whatever they want to do at that point. But that's where I would send them specifically as opposed to um, you do have the ability to um, near, like to target people on their iPhones, mobile placement only, and put the iTunes link or, you know, the Apple podcast link in there so that they can click over. But there's a little bit of friction because then it'll click, they're on Facebook or Instagram, and then it'll ask them if they want to open that app. And maybe they say yes, maybe they say no, you know, and you've kind of, I think, given away that link. Um, So that's why I'd rather them click over to your podcast. Right. Your website. Yeah. And then just have like um, the newsletter right there too. So they're like, oh, I can sign up for the newsletter too. Or there's a subscribe button to the, to the podcast. And okay. So I know we've learned a lot here and we've gained a lot of insight and value and we're coming, you know, to a close soon. Um, And people might have to go back and listen to this one to five times to really take notes and write down because it's a lot to process. But I definitely would like to say, so one of the topics we can talk about is like, how can online entrepreneurs win with high converting Facebook and Instagram ad strategy? The main strategy all online entrepreneurs should be using is driving traffic and growing their email list. So getting people on your email list so that you can stay in touch with them. Um, But if you've got a paid offer, then you want to have a sales funnel so that you can introduce people to you, your brand, um, your offers, and build up that credibility, that authority with them, give them some great free value through that sales funnel, and then you introduce your paid offer on the back end. So I think everybody should have a sales funnel to their paid offer. And so you start with the lead magnet, driving traffic, growing your email list, offering the lead magnet. And that's kind of the starting point of the sales funnel. And then your sales funnel can be via email. Some people will do a webinar where they kind of go through everything and building that relationship through the webinar. Or some people will do a video series or a a free course, whether that's a video course or an email course. There are lots of different things that you can do to help build that relationship. But then you're pitching your paid offer on the back end. But you can use a Facebook ad to start and bring people to the offer to get people into your sales funnel. And then you can also use the Facebook ad um, to get back in front of them as they're going through the funnel to let them know about your, your paid offer and then have some scarcity or urgency like we talked about 
about. Maybe there's a limited time discount, limited time bonus, something that is going to be going away where that offer expires. Um, so that'll help you really convert um, and get that ROI that you're looking for with your Facebook ads. Now, a lot of times with the like 30 days, it's like, it's, they're like, oh, I'm trying, I'm being sold something or, oh, it's 30 days or they're just saying 30 days. But then you look at the person eight months later and it's that same, oh, 30 days. And it's like, so is it really 30 days? Or are you just saying it to the exciting newcomers that it's 30 days? Because like, I know I saw a program a few years ago and the guy was like, I'm not going to say who it is. And the guy was like, oh yeah, you know, you have 30 days. And then like uh, a couple years later, I looked at it and it's like, yeah, you know, you have 14 days. And it was like the same exact thing for the same exact price. So it's like for it, cause there's billions of people out there. Right. And like, right. you're just, they're, you're just, like you said, some people are writing, they want to be on the mailing list. And then sometimes it's overwhelming and they'll circle back around. But when I circled back around, it was like the same evergreen offer, the setting up the, the initial growing the email and the lead magnet of you know, the get to know me, sign up for my mail list is the lead magnet called action. Listen to subscribe to my podcast, the sales funnel. When people say a sales funnel, it's so overwhelming because you're like, oh, it's a funnel. But the son of sale funnel for me as a visual artist is like, it's kind of like you're going on a journey. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the person's taking you on a journey. So it's like sign up for my email, you sign up for my email. And then I'm going to like, show you like this spice, or I'm going to show you some 101 about this. And then I'm going to share with you this exciting thing. And then I'm going to let you know about the juice of the juice of the dessert. And this is where you can pay. And so that's kind of like the journey of a sales funnel. And there's so many different ways people can do a sales funnel. You curate your own. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The goal is to, to take the potential lead prospect, um, potential customer through the journey of getting to know you, building that credibility and authority, building that relationship with you, especially if you're building a personal brand, then that's going to be really important. And then letting them know that you have the solution to their problem. So, um, and then introducing your paid offer on the back end, and understand that not everybody is going to go through your sales funnel and buy your thing, and that's okay. If you're getting people on the email list, then you're building the relationship with them. You're offering, you know, great value every single week with with through your newsletter, and then when they're ready, they're going to know to go to you for that thing that they came to you for in in the first place. Yeah, sometimes I'm in people's sales funnel, and I don't even know I'm like in a sales funnel. Like before, I didn't know. Oh, I'm in a sales funnel. Like we're all in sales funnels, and we just don't know we're in sales funnels. <laughs> And, but the thing is we're in a sales funnel and sometimes I don't go all the way through with it, but I'm like, oh, I know this person or this person who have interest or who would gain value or insight. And I'll share with them. I'll be like, here you go. Like, seriously, your Monica Louie thing. When I found out about you, I sent it to like 10 people. Like oh, I haven't even you. proceeded all the way through or anything like that, but like, I, oh, for sure. So I've like, I've said it to like 10 people already because I know like, oh, like this woman like is educated about this thing. And you know, it's a, for me, it's a trustworthy source and here's an extension from what I found and I'm sharing and adding value because maybe it'll enhance what you're doing. So that's the same thing with other people. That's why we share care and like people listening to this podcast and who are entrepreneurs, artists, you know, tech business people, and you're interested in, in all the stuff we're talking about, you know, share it with your mom, your dad, share it with your friends, your family, like share this episode, you know, and, um, definitely subscribe and, and write in the comments, like write a review and let us know like what insight, you gained from this episode. I mean, you're probably gonna have a list of like 50 things, maybe 15 things. Like I think we've given a lot of insight and value. 
Um, and also, like, if there's anything else you want to know about, just you can email me, imaginekatie at gmail.com, ask me specific questions. Maybe we can have Monica Louie back on for another round two in, you know, 2021. And we can, you know, because the algorithm and the things are always switching up. So, you know, maybe in the near future, Monica, if you're interested, I would love to have you back on and we can, you know, rehash and talk about the upgrades of, you know, what we collectively learn, what's working, what's yeah. not working and any specials and new things you have offerings and going on and definitely subscribe to Monica's podcast. Everything will be in the show notes and get involved with what she's doing. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, The other last thing I I guess I have here would be um, how Facebook and Instagram ads fit into overall marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little. Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram ads, they, a lot of people think, and I think that, you know, Facebook ads experts have kind of sold them as the sales strategy or like you figure out Facebook ads and then you're going to be, you know, 10xing your, your revenue or whatever. Um, And really it's a part of the marketing strategy. So just like podcasting, just like having a YouTube channel, right? Those are all part of your marketing strategy and building up that brand awareness, building the relationship up with your audience. And Facebook ads can do the same thing. It can be that entry point of how you can get in front of the right people who are likely interested. And you do that with the targeting, all the different targeting options that we've talked about. Um, So you make sure that you're getting in front of the right people who are likely to be interested in what you share, what you teach, what you offer. Um, And so that's why... I think Facebook ads is a great tool to be more specific with our marketing, get in front of them, present a great offer, whether it be your free awesome lead magnet, your latest podcast episode, a great blog post that you have, or even your paid offer. It will tend to convert better if it's a lower priced offer, if you're going for cold audiences, if it's a higher priced product, or even sometimes if it's a lower priced product, it'll convert better with your warm audiences. So that's why I like to offer something free first, some yeah. kind of value to, right, to introduce them and get back in front of them. Um, and so, but it's a part of your overall marketing strategy. It's a part of your content strategy. Um, it can be used to kind of amplify what's working in your business or what you want to put more focus on. And so that's really the tool of the, the goal of Facebook and Instagram ads is it's a traffic driver. It can help to bring awareness to what you want to promote. And, but you've got to have that sales funnel, that sales mechanism in place to get people to purchase the thing. And some people will bounce over and purchase right away. Others will need that nurturing and, and take more time. Some people will need to be on your email list for a longer time and really build that relationship with you. But like you said, um, some people will join your email list because like, "Mm, it's not really my thing right now, not my focus right now, but they may refer you to other people that they're like, hey, you're interested in this or you should really check out this person or whatever. So just know that as you're growing your email list, growing your audiences with Facebook and Instagram ads, even if you don't see that direct ROI right away, um, that you are planting seeds to build that long-term relationship and build your brand authority and grow your brand awareness. Yeah. And then speaking on that topic, so let's say we do the first campaign of like growing more email lists, rahaha, awesome, amazing. And then here we go. Here's the core sick, you know, course, Katie Chnock is two decades experience in entertainment, basic 101, 101 for acting, four to eight videos, one time download. Here you go. Um, you know, the lead magnet of fr- download this free thing. And then, um, you know, this is what you're going to, well, here's some tips and then here's the things you're going to learn. And then if you want to get involved, click here. So what platform would people use for that sales funnel? Like what are some platforms people can use for that? Yeah. So, um, so you'll need a landing page. And so a lot of people will use, um, either their own 
website to create those landing pages. Um, my website is on WordPress. Um, or I also use lead pages to create landing pages. Many people use ClickFunnels. It's another popular one that can help you build those funnels and build those pathways. Um, and so that's that's another tool that people can use. And then you'll need an email list. Um, so I mentioned ConvertKit is my email service provider of choice. There's MailChimp. There are a bunch of other ones. I think ClickFunnels also has an email service provider built in. Um, so you'll need a way to get in front of people via email as well as you're driving traffic um, to the sales funnel. And then if you're doing like a webinar strategy, some people will do like an evergreen webinar. Um, there are tools for the evergreen webinars as well. One is ever webinar. Um, trying to think, I think click funnels might also have some kind of webinar component to it as well. So I'm on actorgear.com. And so, um, it's on WordPress. So that's a good mm -hmm. one. And that can be for podcasters, DJs, whatever it's on WordPress. So, so I could, um, essentially just have it be on my landing page. And then for the viewers out there, um, if you contact actorgear.com and you say, um, you heard she's all over the place, you can get 10% off your, um, website for the first year. So that's really cool. That's a cool offer. And it's, super affordable. And the thing I like about actor gear is, um, it's they're hands-on. So if you do a Wix or something, it's like you email them, you can't contact them, but my SEO person over there, they have, mm -hmm. they're so educated with optimization. So it's like your website's at the top of Google. So that's really important. Like being seeing at that's the top great. of Google with SEO and op optimization. So, and so WordPress is a, is a good landing page for building click funnels, um, for doing, um, sales funnels. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that. That. I like that. So the, the email list, the, um, the landing page, and then, and then, so would the click be from the, the website as well when people click to actual buy? Yeah. So, um, you can have a sales page with it, a landing page that you've created, or like you're using Thinkific. I know Thinkific has like a sales page, um, builder that you can create your sales page. My course is on teachable. They also have a sales page. Um, right now though, my sales page for my course is on lead pages and then people will just go click through and register with teachable. So, um, so many of the course platforms out there have that component built in as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another thing, I guess another, another component piece of the process is the shopping cart. So um, I believe Thinkific has the shopping cart built in and as does Teachable, they have a shopping cart component. Um, but I also, I use Thrivecart as a shopping cart. They have, they just have more features than the Teachable built in one. So they're different shopping carts. So in order to accept payment, you'll need to have a shopping cart um, set up as well for your, for your product. And so does your team and agency uh, set all that up if someone doesn't know how to do it? We don't, we don't offer that service currently. No, but I do have, I do have references. <laughs> I have people okay. that do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. There's also a uh, story gear, storygear.com. That's a, that's a good one that people can go to and it's WordPress. And then, oh, and then, so like when people are, I don't know if they're doing the student program with you or working with you one-on-one, -on -one, but let's say we do an email campaign. We do the course campaign for acting and it's evergreen and it's, it's, you know, you're, it's being tested A to B images, graphics, all that's lined up. And we got that going. Then would that be like, we're working together for a month or are we working together for two months, three months? Like, like, how do we know if, if it's going to be evergreen and it's just going to like keep on going and it's kind of like an automated 
thing that's just going to keep on going because it's working. And then how, so how is that when people are working with you? You know, are yeah. they working with you for like a retainer for one month to two months, three months, or how do they do that? Yeah. So we like to build long-term relationships with our clients and, and really make it a partnership that we're in there to help them scale and grow with Facebook ad strategy. And of course, as you said, you know, things do change all the time. Um, and so our packages are three months, six months and 12 months. Um, and so many of our clients, I think most of our clients, if not all of them, um, will do promotions here and there too. They'll have their evergreen offers and funnels and things like that, but then they'll do, they'll come out with a new offer or they'll do a new webinar or a new launch. Um, and so we, we also do the ads for those things. Like we just had Black Friday. We did a bunch of Black Friday promotions for our clients um, and Cyber Week, Cyber Monday promotions as well. So those things come up typically as well. And we'll add that in as they come up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think Ben has a question. I was just curious to work with you. Is there a minimum amount you need to spend to work with you on these three or six month plans or how does it work? Yeah. So our recommended minimum ad spend is 100 to $150 a day, just so that we have enough to work with for our agency clients so that we can do the testing and, and get the results. Many of my students though in Flourish, they start off with budgets at five or $10 a day. Um, and then for the FastPass program, it's smaller because it's a, you know, kind of one and done service that you can, you can start with a smaller budget if you just want, you know, my team's help and getting started and my help and just getting your campaign launched. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like three months, I sh we should be expecting to spend about 10,000 on that. And then I'm just trying to understand the cost to work with you, say for a three month thing. And then what is the fee that you guys charge um, for that three month? Yeah. So we have a one-time um, setup fee of a thousand dollars. Um, and then we have a monthly package, depending on the length of the contract, the, the fee goes down because we really do want our clients to sign up to work with us for the long term. Um, we, I mean, we like to build the relationships with our clients. We like to, um, to help them grow and scale and, and meet those, um, those long-term goals. And so that's really our focus with our agency. And so, um, it'll be cheaper for the 12 month program. Like okay. the best investment anyone can make in life is in ourselves. You know what I mean? So some people, some people will go and buy everything for everyone. And a lot of artists and a lot of people, they self-sabotage and they're scared of money and they don't, they don't know about finances. Like, I mean, I remember during this pandemic, it was like, there was such a huge percentage of people who didn't have bank accounts in America. And I was like, oh my God, like this wow. percentage is so big of people who don't have bank accounts because like they don't trust the government and they don't trust banks. Like people keep cash in like other areas and not in banks. So it's like people have like really weird stigmas and things with with money. So people who are on a budget and who are like really scared and saying, oh my God, like that might be like too much for me. Like they they might, are there payment programs? Not only are there payment programs, um, are there other like, like an independent for like independent artists who are, you know, just trying to like dabble or something like that? Like, do you have, do you have something set up for, in this lane for these kind of artists who maybe don't have, you know, the finances to benefit? $10,000? Yeah. So that's where they would be better suited for the course and learning Facebook ads. I think everybody should learn. If you're going to run Facebook ads and want to outsource it someday, I think everybody should learn the process themselves. And yeah. then you know the questions to ask when you're ready to outsource it. So, um, so with that, we've, we've got the, the course Flourish with Facebook ads will be a better fit. 
Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I think we covered a lot here. I'm so grateful for you being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and the listeners. Thank you so much for showing up and sticking around and and listening. And again, I really hope like we gifted you some insight and value and kind of gave you an outline and brushstrokes of start processing and, you know, don't rush and just like, you know, maybe just like get the email list and just like ask questions, do some research, sign up for the, you know, if you can um, get into the Facebook group that's a part of the program and just you know go online do some researching maybe start with your pixel <laughs> you know yes. like I'm, I'm all about my pixel like I I just got to get my pics my pixel up and and so the pixel again I need to just to put it in in my Facebook where it says Katie Chinock because that's where I put the pixel one time thing it goes there but you also goes said, in your website not my Facebook website. not my Facebook no not your Facebook no yeah. it goes to your website because I remember the podcast movement you said you put it in the beginning you put it in the middle and you put it at the end so then you can see like who was there who left who got maybe all the way to the oh, end oh so like, okay yeah. so that's um those are custom conversions so that i can track the different stages of the funnel where people are hitting so different so people are opting in I'll create a custom conversion using the pixel. Um, I'll create a custom conversion so I can see Facebook will track for me how many people go from the ad and, and actually opt in. And then maybe I have a webinar and I'll create a, um, a custom conversion for how many people actually visit that webinar landing page. And then any other landing page throughout the process, I'll create a custom conversion. How many people visit the sales page? How many people actually purchase? So I'm tracking each step of the process. And then I know which audiences, which ads are not only bringing me the most amount of leads for the lowest cost, but also are leading to the most amount of sales for the less lowest lowest cost. So, so that's why I like to track every step of the process. So is it live and then you let it live on for like 30 days, that webinar, or is it live forever? Or as long um, as the campaign's going? Live yeah. So so a webinar, it can be a live webinar, which it's just like a live training. Um, and then many people will take their live webinar and then repurpose it into an evergreen webinar, or some will just record the webinar and then just put it into an evergreen funnel. So it's a, it's a webinar training, but they didn't ever actually do it live. So you could do it both ways. And how long should that be? I've seen some people do 45 minutes, 15 minutes, like how long are yours? Yeah. So for webinar, I think typically it should be around maybe an hour, maybe 45 minutes of great content, great value before you go into the pitch. And then um, if you're doing it live, then you want to save time for some Q&A after um, after the pitch and everything. And so um, then it may be up to an hour and 15, maybe up to an hour and a half. But I think after that point, especially if you're going to put it into um, an evergreen funnel, then people will start to drop off. So I think a good rule to shoot for is about an hour total with or without Q&A, maybe a little bit longer if you have Q&A after that. And then where do you host that webinar platform? Yeah. So webinar, um, webinar tools could be um, EverWebinar. I think ClickFunnels has um, a webinar system built in as well. I believe I want to say Kartra might as well, but they might work with EverWebinar. So that's where you would use the Ever, or you could just host it on a landing page. So some people... 
So some people will have it on YouTube as unlisted mm. and then they'll just embed it in a landing page. Yeah, I've and been then, on that before. you know, people just, the only way to get that link is if you've opted in for the webinar. So that's kind of like the, the cheaper way to do it rather than the fancy bells and whistles of the webinar software that will, like the only thing is that you'll get more data as far as how long people are watching and um, where they're falling off, if they click the button, there are more bells and whistles when, when you use a, a webinar platform. But I mean, that would be the way to get started is embedding it. And you can do that. I know uh, somebody with multi-million dollar business who still pieces together. He doesn't use a webinar platform and he still embeds his YouTube video in a landing page for his webinars. Cool. And then um, how much um, time do you give to promote that webinar? Like, so you'll create a Facebook campaign and yeah. let people know you're hosting a webinar. Like how, yeah. how long, how, like how adv- right now, tomorrow you're recording a new video. It's one hour. It's pre-recorded or do you do it live or both? Yes. So if you're doing a live webinar and it's a live event, you want people to show up live, then we schedule out our Facebook ads to start seven to 10 days before so that we're not going too early where the people who, who opt in early on are going to forget why they were excited about it, why they opted in. But it also gives the algorithm some time to kind of adjust and optimize to, to hone in on the people who are more likely to convert for that specific offer. And then the people, usually as we get closer to the webinar date, the cost will will uh, get lower and lower. And so then those people will likely have a higher show up rate because it's just right around the corner. So that's where we, that's kind of our rule of thumb for webinars. If it's evergreen, then you can just run ads ongoing and it can be as easy as they just click over and it's right there. Or with the webinar software, you can schedule it so that it's only at certain times and they need to show up. Um, So there are lots of, you know, tricks you can do with the webinar software. And then do you think, um, is, do you find one's better than the other, like doing it live and then having it be a replay? Or do you think it's okay if it's pre-recorded and then you just kind of like do a I've two, seen, three week um, campaign and it's just, it's just pre-recorded? Yeah, I've seen both work really well. And then if you, I mean, if it's pre-recorded, then you can just might as well make it evergreen and then con- continue to keep that funnel rolling, especially if it's converting well, keep it going. So I don't like to turn ads off unless... There's a specific reason, like it's a, you know, a limited time offer promotion. And so we need to turn it off for that reason, or um, it's just not converting as well. And we need to kind of change up the offer. So that's the only reason why I would turn off ads. I like to keep them evergreen. And then, I mean, the, as Facebook gets more and more data, it'll help you optimize it and it'll continue to look at who's engaging. And then if the ad kind of wears off where it's starting to get more expensive, it could be time of year or other things affecting it. It could just be that that ad is, has kind of lost its juice. And so you need to brainstorm something new and fresh. Yeah. So I know with like Facebook business for people who are like YouTubers and Facebook business, like if you want to do Black Friday, then you need to have the video posted eight weeks before. If you want to do Valentine's, mm. you need to have the video posted six weeks before. If you want to like do, you know, great birthday gift for tweens. I mean, that could be any time of year, but like if you're doing, um, you know, evergreen and web webinars, um, like the holidays are super crazy. So it's like, maybe that's not the best time. Are there good times? I guess it depends on the principle of, of your profession. Like for me acting for someone who has a tech company for you, it's, um, teaching about Facebook ads and that could be any time of the year, but do you, what are good times for people to do, uh, webinars daytime, evening time, any, what types of year, beginning of the month, end of the month, like 
What do you think is the best? I think that might depend on the audience. So I know in the online entrepreneur space, you know, our audience is usually available for a daytime webinar or they might just catch the replay. When I do live webinars, I like to give different times. So I might do like a morning option and an evening option just so that I am hitting, you know, if people are, you know, are in their day jobs and, and want to catch it, I give them that option to catch it in the evening. Um, I know one of my, one of my friends, her audience is teachers. And so teachers are busy during the week, but so Saturday is her day for webinars, whereas Saturday may not work so well for my audience. Yeah. So you kind of have to learn, you know, maybe test some different dates and times. I don't know if there's really a, you know, a better time of month as far as webinar, but I do know going into the new year that a lot of people are really motivated in January mm-hmm. and we typically see our ad costs go down. So January, the first few months of the year, I mean, even through the, the first quarter of the year into springtime, is typically a really great time for ads with lower ad costs because people, you know, a lot of businesses are ramping up their ad costs for the holidays, Black Friday, all of that through the fourth quarter. And then they kind of pull back on their ad spend, on their ad budgets um, in the first quarter. And you add, you know, add along with that, that people are really motivated to take action, whether it's their new venture, their new goal, you know, getting out of debt or, you know, building their business, whatever it is that um, people are really motivated in, in the first few months of the year to really, you know, get off to a good start with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Amazing. You're awesome. You're so awesome. You. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you, Kitty. Yeah. Yeah. This again, this has been a lot of insight, a lot of value. Uh, ben, do you want to r- wrap up with anything here? Hey guys. No, I think it's, uh, I think we're doing great. Thanks for those good tips. I like your idea about timing and stuff like that and uh, understanding who your competition is because you're absolutely right. This is an ad auction. So when there is less competition, then the price for that ad is going to go down. So good point. Oh, yeah, one thing I you. had to mention that Nick, uh, that um, Ben mentioned earlier was like, if someone has a $10,000 business opposed to someone who has a $100 million business and so there's different ad revenues and how do you get seen out of that noise based on your writing team, based on your agency, who knows the color schemes, the gifts, the video to make it stand out. So it doesn't matter if you have a hundred million dollar business or if you're an individual like me, who's just starting off with the Facebook ads, like, or to a mid-sized person, like how do we stand out from the noise? Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's part of the beauty of Facebook and Instagram ads is that um, it's really leveled the playing field that you can get your ad seen by the right people. Um, and you don't have to have those big corporate budgets to get started. Um, so in order to stand out from the noise, then your ad has to stand out. So that could be a creative image. It could be a, you know, a video um, that really grabs attention, the gifts, you know, we're, we're doing a lot with gifts these days because that movement can help. And then also making sure that you are speaking to the right people who are perfect for your offer and making that clear in your graphic if you can, but also especially in your ad copy and those first few lines, making sure that you're speaking to the right people there. And then, so that's with the ad, but then you've got to get the ad in front of the right people and doing that with the targeting. So that's why I love using lookalike audiences because I can tell Facebook, you know, these people have already purchased my course. So find more people like them because that's what my sales funnel is leading to. Or these people are already on my email list. So find more people like them. And that's creating a lookalike audience. So putting the work on Facebook and Facebook does a really great job with that as well. Our lookalike audiences are are among the best performing audiences that we use. 
Mm-hmm. And then, so like uh, on my recent um, podcast um, with my friend, Jason Mark Campbell, um, it's all about like, um, he has a book coming up, uh, Selling with Love, and it's all about sales. And um, he's worked with Mind Valley from like the beginning and Mind Valley's awesome, love them. And he's the um, exclusive host for Superhumans at Work. And he talks about selling with love and like, um, you know, raising capital and getting finance and especially artists who are more in their sensorial heart center of, you know, being emotional. And for them, like, you know, it comes from the heart. But since you come from a finance background and around a lot of people in finance, um, for the artists who struggle or who need capital for, let's say, these Facebook ads, would an Indiegogo or like um, my my friend who was a venture capital company, he was, you know, the first, they were the investors for Indiegogo when it first started and Uber as well. So, but like from your finance background, like how can people reach out strategically in a way to ask people who have some money that could be like, hey, you know, like this is my business and I'm really popping in this area or I'm really passionate about this thing. So people can listen to the, you know, the sales um, um, podcast that just came out, but also in addition to, you know, maybe selling with the love aspect of sales, but then with your finance expertise, do you, what is some language and good approaches for people to get, go out there and get capital so they can contact you and, and pay you for the services that you specifically do? Is there a bridge there of some ideas? Um, I think that it's about looking at the the common goals and the common benefits and positioning it in a way where it can be a benefit to them. So really, you know, finding somebody that has the same mission as you, really is passionate about your mission. That's where I would start. Um, and then just letting them know, you know, what you're planning on doing with it, with the, with the capital and how you're going to invest it in your business, who you're going to reach, who you're going to help, what your plan is for getting it going successfully. I think all of that is going to be really important and really, you know, making sure that you have a good relationship already. I think that's a great place to start if you already have a relationship, but letting people know what's in it for them. Ultimately, people want to know what's in it for them. Um, and so if you can convey that in a way that also lets them know that you've got a plan, you've got a strategy, you know, and you're determined to make this happen, I think that you're going you're gonna to set yourself up for success. Align intentions. I love that. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. So like um, I have someone very specific who um, could be a possible investor and we're collaborating. And I mean, for some people, maybe they have all the money in the world, but since you're doing these Facebook ads and you know about the Facebook ads and you're taking lead for them, it could just be brand and exposure for what they're already doing. That's successful. Absolutely. It's just, a, it's just, they're, they're looking at it as like a write-off for like, Oh, ad spend, you know, yeah. for their business. And then in turn, they're supporting and helping you because you're on the same mission. That's a really beautiful way to approach it from like what you said, aligning with the tension. And then what Jason said from like the heart center, cause it's real yeah. and authentic. I love that. That's a really, that's a really great approach, you know, and it's just, it seems super simple and it's just a, it's a natural conversation. Cause I know a lot of people are, you know, scared and intimidated. And when it comes to those areas, as you know, you know, as you definitely yeah, know. Right. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I started with Facebook ads, I, um, I didn't have a big budget. I had a very small budget to invest. And that's where I was like, you know, I hope this works. I hope this helps me share my message. Um, but I knew I had an important message to share. 
And I knew that Facebook ads could be a really um, targeted, strategic way of getting in front of the right people. And so, you know, it, it worked out. I studied what I learned and I executed and I implemented. And then I did it again and tweaked what I learned from the first time and got even better results. And that kind of started me down this path of, of working with other entrepreneurs with their Facebook and Instagram ads. So um, you just got to, you know, get started and, and have the expectation and the understanding that you may not hit it out of the park the first time. There is going to be testing and tweaking involved. And so that's why I talk a lot about, you know, testing different audiences, testing different ad formats. But if you go in into it with the understanding of like, you know, I'm learning every step of the way. I'm learning about my audience. I'm learning about what works, what doesn't work, what resonates. And I know that I always have something else that I can try, something else I can test, whether it be a different graphic or image or a different angle of my ad copy, different hook um, or different targeting options. Just know that you can figure it out. I feel like business and Facebook ads is just about finding the right pieces of the puzzle to put together in order to really see the success and achieve the goals that you're looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And then the other thing is like, let's say someone knows like, a, you know, a lot of people who have a lot of money, because there are so many people who have a lot of money, but the people who have a lot of money, they keep their money, right? So like, what if, what is a way that you can reach out to them if there's maybe nothing in common, like they don't need to make more money, you know, from what you're offering, but but you want to reach out to them because you want them to support you and your mission and your brand and what you're doing. But how could that benefit or be a value and asset for them? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I would, I would try and consider, is there something that I can do for them? Like using my skills, my expertise, can I offer them maybe, um, you know, maybe some free coaching in exchange or, you know, maybe I offer coaching and they just, you know, pay me for the coaching and I use that. So I would just, you know, try and consider, is there some way, some, something of value that I can offer of them, maybe with my time, skills, expertise that can help them and kind of open them up to the mission that I am, I am working towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. You know, and you just have to have like, know who you are and what you want to do. And like you said, have a strategy and a plan and there's no guarantees, but it's like, you're passionate about what you're doing and you want to take a risk here. It's calculated risk. And like you said, some people hit it out of the park. Some people don't, I guess, lastly would be, um, are there certain models that you've used along your experience so far that kind of hit it out of the park where it's like it's kind of like a no brainer where it's like, you don't even need to test it because it's always a home run when you're doing the ads. There are some like go-to things that like work in your pocket. Well, so one of the strategies that I think um, a lot of people don't think about, but I think it's a really great way to get started with Facebook ads is driving traffic um, to a monetized blog post. This is a strategy I did a lot of my blogging clients. And I think anybody, if you've got a blog on your website, you can, you can do this strategy. Um, And so that can be uh, specific to your field, but it could be like the top 10 tools I use to, um, you know, to launch my online course or to get started in acting or something like that. And each one of those is an affiliate program, but you're offering value to the reader. But if they click through, if they sign up for the offer or whatever it is, then you can get an affiliate commission on the back end, And that's something that's worked really successfully um, with many of my clients and my students. And the great thing is that you can get started with a really low budget, five or $10 a day, getting started with that strategy and you're driving traffic 
to your website, you're dry, you're getting more website mm. visitors. You can then get back in front of them. They're getting picked up in the pixel. Um, they may also, while they're there, opt into your email list because you've got your, you know, join my newsletter freebie lead magnet there as well. And then you have that potential for that affiliate commission. So that's something that we've done really successfully time and time again, um, driving super low cost traffic, but high quality traffic too, because it's targeted to those blog posts. And then you're growing your audiences, you're growing your engagement audience because they're interacting with your ad, but they're also visiting your website and they may click on an affiliate link that may lead to an affiliate commission for you down the road. So that's a strategy that I think a lot of people don't really think about, but can be a really great way for getting started with Facebook ads on a low budget. And you get to learn the process, you get to learn what works and you, you can apply that to your other campaigns as well. Okay. So, um, I actually just created blog on my website. And so I need to, with my WordPress, just because of, Mm -hmm. you know, the way mine's set up, I have to individually um, put my um, podcast up. So I'm going to be having that done soon. In addition, I'm an affiliate with like HVMN, Marissa Peer. She's one of the leading hypnotherapists in the world, like over in England. She was Princess Diana's hypnotherapist and she's a, she teaches courses on Mind Valley. So I'm an affiliate with her. And so you're saying like, let's say Marissa Peer, who I'm a big fan of, and I'm an affiliate with her. So I can take that blog post from my website and create Mm -hmm. a, a, a Facebook campaign to drive people to my website, to that blog post, to that mm-hmm. affiliate link, and people click and buy, click and buy. Yeah. And That's it'll so depend smart. on smart. Yeah, it'll depend on the offer. And you know, um, if it's a higher price point, then you may uh, have fewer conversions. So you've got to consider that too. Yeah. I've got um I've got students that, you know, spent fifty dollars and they made five hundred dollars using this strategy. Yeah. So I mean, it can't end to a very specific, um, specific affiliate offer. And so I like the idea of having multiple offers in one page because then there's more chances of them clicking on something. Right. Um, but I've have students who have had success with one specific affiliate offer making great return on investment with their Facebook ads. Yeah, because I have um, so I'm I'm an affiliate with Marissa Peer, and then I'm also affiliate with Mind Valley, so I could couple those together. Yes, so it's like you're absolutely. doing one campaign, but then there's two offers there because they they yes. go back to back. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or if it's something with like women empowerment or spirituality yeah. or something, that's that that specific. Or another one, I'm an affiliate with like plant based. Um, vegan products and like nootropics. So if it's like a health and wellness specific targeted campaign, but it goes to the landing page of the website. Cool. I like that. And so go ahead. Yeah. So I was just going to say, make sure like in the blog post that you're giving value, you know, it could be like five steps to X, Y, Z or five tools that help me ABC, you know, whatever it is, you're giving value, but then here's the resources. If you want to, you know, take this, what I'm giving you this value, further, here are the products that I use or the services, whatever they are that I use to help me achieve this goal. You know, make sure, make sure it's really value focused. Well, yeah. And it has to be authentic for me personally. These are like, I mean, I have HVMM right here. Like these are things I take for my brain function. Like I I don't like, I'm not talking about anything that I'm not interested in. It has to be, and I'm, I'm considered a micro influencer, which they say have uh, more value than a macro influencer because it's like, it's a trusted source. It's really authentic, you know? And you could even too, um, as sponsorships, work that into your 
you know, sponsorship, sponsorship packages that you'll, um, you know, be running Facebook ads for their thing or for, you know, whatever they're sponsoring, right. To give them a little bit more engagement. And that's where sponsors, um, like to see the engagement. They like to see the impressions where, you know, we, for our own products, we want to see the clicks. We want to see the conversions. We want to see the ROI, you know? So, um, so that's where you can work that in with Facebook ads too. Yeah. So like I'm a brand ambassador for you theory and they have um, adaptogens like saffron for like focus and mental health. And they have ashwagandha for like, you know, relaxation and it's, you know, everything's beautiful. And so it's like, I'm, I'm an affiliate and a brand ambassador for them. So it's like, like you said, with the sponsorship, but if I'm saying, Hey, look at these ads I'm doing, here are the numbers of the ads. And then where do you, you take screenshots, but where do you keep those? Um, how do you organize those in a folder to show, you know, potential brands and sponsorship deals and say, Hey, here, here's, here's the list. What I've had just say in the last two months or the last three months, here you go. And then you work out a negotiation rate based on like, you know, the numbers. Yeah. So in your, in your, um, marketing kit, um, or your sponsorship kit, whatever that's, that's called, you can put like numbers media in kit, there. Yeah. Yeah. Your media kit. Yes. So you can put, you can put results in there. Um, in the ads manager, you can always go back and find those results later. They don't disappear or go anywhere. You can go back and find them even from old campaigns. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think having a library and a resource that you can point people to of like, Hey, here, you know, case studies too, you can put them together just in a PDF and say, Hey, we did this promotion and that can be something, you know, as they get your media kit and they kind of reach out for more with more interest that you can be like, here are some case studies, you know, um, in addition of really successful campaigns we've done. Yeah. I mean, you can just start with one thing and add and keep adding to it and keep adding to it and just put it in a PDF format, you know, and just, so it's really good to like invest in these Facebook ads. It's really great to invest in the Facebook ads because then like, not only are you promoting like what you're doing and who you are and adding value and gifting insight to these people, but they're going, you know, you can bring them back to, you want to bring them back to your website, your landing page and build up from that. And then that's a, it's a great way to monetize with being affiliate with these companies and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and showing like, okay, yeah, I've invested. I'm like, like I said earlier, the best investment we can investment we can make is in ourselves. So it's like, even if you're spending a couple thousand dollars and you're doing this investment, like you have to think like three to six months from now, you're going to be getting that money back because you're going to be showing brands like, Hey, this is what I did. And they're going to be giving you not only products, but they're going to be giving you money, you know, for, you know, promoting their stuff because if you're authentically into it, like I'm into, I have smoothies. I love vegan proteins like that. that, That's my thing, you know? So whatever, whatever one's into. Cool. Yeah. I always love looking at the long-term, you know, what are the, the, the long-term strategy, but then also the long-term benefits. And so that's why I said, you know, a lot of people kind of get stuck in the, you know, people, opted in for my Facebook ad. They went through my funnel. They didn't buy. I'm not getting the return on investment, but they, they kind of missed the big picture of, you know, you're getting your name, your brand out there to people who may not have found you otherwise. And maybe they'll become a customer one day. Maybe they won't, but maybe they'll refer other people to you, but it's all about, you know, building this brand awareness, getting more people to know about, you know, you know, that you are the person that does X, Y, Z so they can associate with you and then remember you when they're ready to take action on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're awesome. You're awesome. My little friends just would like to say hello. I think they're appropriate for the party. So I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
Belle and Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, princesses over here. Boss ladies making it happen in the world. <laughs> yeah, my niece, she's 13 years old. So uh, it's cool to have these little things around going, going, going around. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so all your, everything is going to be in the show notes. Uh, listen to the um, podcast more than once. It's a lot to process. Take notes <laughs> and, um, you know, subscribe, follow, leave a review, follow Monica Louie. Everything's going to be in the bottom of the show notes. And then, yeah, any last words? No, I want to thank you for having me. Um, and I hope that this has been helpful. I really, you know, I'm passionate about Facebook ads and the power of using Facebook and Instagram ads to, to share your message. And, and I don't want people to be intimidated by it because I certainly was when I got started. But, you know, as you test and you start to see those results um, and you also get to see the people who are experience, you know, experiencing you and being introduced to you who otherwise wouldn't have, then that's where the magic can really happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm circling back around to the pixel queen. So where do people go to get, pick up this pixel? Yes. So to get the pixel, um, that'll be in your ad account. So in business manager, business.facebook.com, Oh. You'll go to the events manager page. Oh. I'm going to give you the URL that has my little videos to, to tell you, um, show you how to install the pixel. Okay, cool. Cool. That sounds good for me. Or should I put in the show notes? Yeah, you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's yeah. really, 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 really awesome. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Um, we're over and out with the pixel queen, Monica Louie. What's up? I would say, you know, give her an applause if everyone could hear you know, all this valuable, insightful information. There's so much junk out there. There's so much noise out there. And it's like to just, you know, to cut through the chase in this, you know, fast paced world of all the crap that's out there. So anyone who's listening and found this podcast and sharing this podcast, you know, we're really, we really appreciate it. You know, I mean, obviously you can hear by our voice, our soulful intentions of who we are and what we want to do in on a, on a planetary level. Like we're here for you. We support you. We honor you and we're in this together, you know? So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, yeah, that's it. This, this has been an amazing episode. Um, she's all over the place. And uh, I'll just say peace out now to Ben and peace out to Monica Louie. Mwah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out. <laughs>